Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here as always. You can join us. Bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And, and, and remotely, we have... Vincent. Vincent is Yay! back. Welcome back, Vincent. We, uh, <laughs> we changed the rules here in the new year on Free Talk Live to allow for remote co-hosts. And you were always one of the, the best... Uh, co-hosts on Free Talk Live, so I wanted to make sure we could bring you back in the fold here. His power is oh, in his hair. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I've, as you can see, I've let myself get a little bit uh, disheveled here in uh, my time, <laughs> uh, my time in the West. But uh, thank you, thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor to be back. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, you're somewhere outside of New Hampshire at the moment, but intending to return to the Shire within the next few months, as I understand it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I chose a good time too. Like minus twenty degrees, uh, wind chill. No, no, thank you. Oh, pshaw! That was like two days at nighttime. Like, Simple, no, big, no biggie. We got this. Uh, yeah, it uh, it was a little strange though because here uh, we switched out to propane based heating systems, and turns out once it gets too cold outside, propane doesn't, doesn't vaporize. Run. That's right. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you got to have something to back that up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the phones are open here. You can join us. I got some really. Really ugly news in the world of cryptocurrency. Really? The federal government is expanding its attack uh, against crypto, and it looks really, really bleak. Uh, I will share that with you coming up here in moments. Also, I know, uh, Vincent, you wanted to cover the latest on Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. He's apparently still out there after having apparently disappeared for some amount of time uh, from public view. He's now back in public view, and... Uh, Vincent's got uh, well, an update. N- not exactly public view. I-, I don't think he wanted to be made public, but hmm. well, we'll find out what the latest is there. Um, and of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. Let's go to the phones here. We're going to start out with Sydney tonight. Uh, people are already on the lines, even though we haven't even started. Sydney, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from Pennsylvania. Oh, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I don't yes, know sir. if this is what you guys were teasing. I wanted to call in with the news that local bitcoins have announced that they're going to be shutting down. That isn't really the big bad news of the day. There's some really terrible news uh, for the just the future of cryptocurrency in the United States. But yeah, I did have that story as well. You're referring to, uh, I think, probably the first site of its kind to allow person-to-person or peer-to-peer, as they call it, trades uh, between people that want to buy or send or sell Bitcoin. Local Bitcoins did announce today that they are closing their doors. Why after- would they do that? Well, Sydney, do you want to speculate on that? Because they have their official yeah. reasons, but... Yeah, their official reason is because of crypto winter, they're going to wind down their operation over the next two or three months. A lot of commenters that I've been reading say, well, I think somebody's squeezing them, and I think that's very likely. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that, oh, crypto winter is going to stop local Bitcoins, which has been around for a decade, according to their own post about this that they made on social media today. Like, you've been around a decade. You've been through a bunch of crypto winners. You've been through several mm-hmm. uh, major downturns in the price of Bitcoin. So why this time? Well, I mean, I, right. as you suggested, Sydney, I think it absolutely has to do with the fact that they are under severe regulatory pressure. Uh, you know, I've been around the crypto world long enough to remember when local Bitcoins was an actual way to buy Bitcoins from someone in your town, yep. someone in your city. You could go to the site. 
you could say, I'm in, you know, Keene, New Hampshire, put your zip code or whatever it was in there. And it would show you everyone who's in the, I don't know, whatever, 50 mile radius or 10 mile radius. I think you could select it. And it would show you who the the sellers were, that people who were like willing to go meet you at McDonald's or in a bank parking lot or something like that. And then you would give that person cash. They would indicate that you paid them the cash and then the site would release coins to you as the as the buyer. Personally, I never actually did that. Uh, I was kind of it just wasn't something I was interested in, in doing when I was using local bitcoins. But that was why the site got started. And then in 2017, now they always had these other options, like you could buy with a, a you know, a debit card or you could buy with a bank account deposit or wire transfer. And they had a ton of other options besides meeting in person. But the sort of meeting in person was the kind of the bread and butter of the, the whole operation. And then in 2017, I think it was, all of a sudden, local Bitcoins announced that they were going to get rid of that aspect to their site. They just decided they were no longer going to be local Bitcoins, still had the same name. But you could not actually physically meet someone through the site. There was no connection of actual humans in any given area. And the purported reason for that, by the way, at the same time, they introduced major know-your-customer requirements. So previous to that, you could just open up an account. And- so clearly there's something else going on here. I, yeah. I, I want to know, um, I mean, I don't know if uh, the two are connected anyhow, but there's also localmonero.org. I wonder if they are. Uh, is it .org or .co? .co. Might be .co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have them both. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I have used that site in the past as well prior to the raid by the federal government in the Crypto 6 case. And uh, and I would recommend that site. That is a very good site. It's a site that actually seemed to try to up. carry the uh, the torch of the original local Bitcoin's yeah. mission. And uh, I suspect they're going to see an increase in business now that local Bitcoins is well, going Well, you away. know, I don't, I don't think local Monero is a good idea either because even it is centralized and sure. if local monero's local bitcoin is going to get squeezed which it looks like they're probably getting squeezed my question that's got to be what's why, happening why wouldn't they just say they're getting squeezed then which is weird um but well, the same reason why uh whatever the reason is it's probably the same reason why shapeshift never said why because oh. shapeshift the libertarian founded company that allowed individuals to uh, exchange cryptocurrencies, not dollars, but just crypto for crypto online without an account several years ago, changed course and said, well, now we got to make you have an account. Okay, know your customers coming into play and sorry about this, but we had to do it. And they never really told the story. There was never an explanation from uh, Eric Voorhees, who is the founder of Shapeshift and you know, hardcore libertarian mm-hmm. voluntarist guy. A real one, verifiable. Free, free stater, like he's the real deal. And he was he's always been on the up and up about just explaining his experience with crypto and hating on the the federal government and the you know he's very anti anti state right he didn't say a word about why this was happening all you had to do is just kind of read through the you know read between the lines it's like oh all of a sudden this company that historically has never required know your customer is now going to require it from everyone something happened there's some yep. sort of pressure that has been put on these people and it's the, it was the kind of pressure that made it so he didn't feel comfortable explaining it. And to have somebody in that position who was so adamantly anti-state, like, he never stopped being that It makes that you way. wonder if there's actually a physical threat involved. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, and I hope, this, I hope the whole story comes out someday where he's able to, I don't know, maybe he needs to leave the United States first to renounce citizenship. I don't know what. 
but uh, where he can actually say, oh, this is what they did. This is what they said they were going to do to you know, me so or my that, wife. That, that's actually perfect proof of how even in the right hands, central, centralized projects cannot survive no. the state. If if you're going to get threatened by the powers that be and you are a central uh you know component of something that's trying to survive and they all they have to do is threaten Take you to you pull down. the plug yep. you will pull the plug. So the best possible thing that can happen here is decentralized types of exchanges. But how do you that, do it? How do you do that when it comes to dollars for Bitcoin? That's a good question, but you know what I'm damn sure there's an answer to it that'll work just fine. I wish yeah, I had the, the answer. Solution. Sydney, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, well, I wish we could just decouple the dollar from Bitcoin. Hundred percent. Anyway, uh, I I first heard about local Bitcoins actually here on Free Talk Live like mm. a decade ago, mm-hmm. and when I first checked it out, I thought that it was just a map where it was just a way to you know connect with other people and you would meet in person. I wasn't aware that they did an escrow service. Yeah. And as I was looking into this story, I realized that they actually had um, a lot more, let's say, skin in the game. And um, once you do that, I think then you have something to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the powers that be that don't want to see cryptocurrency succeed because it's an alternative to their system, they use those uh, as weaknesses. So definitely we need decentralized and decoupled ways to go about this where we're not asking anybody for permission. And there's also no way to squeeze people. And I know it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult. I think the technological solutions hopefully are out there. And hopefully we can start to use them. I, I hear on your show frequently uh, complaints about people not using these technologies. And, you know, we have the technologies that are available and we need to use them and practice what what we're talking about. So I encourage everybody to do that. Uh, and I just want to thank you for your show, because I really think that it's guided me in many ways, like with local bitcoins, where to look, what to look into, what technologies are available to hopefully one day completely circumvent this tyrannical system that they've set up all around us to control us and extract extract our lifeblood from us. So, right, and you know, the, the uh, thing is, Sydney, the, the genie's out of the bottle is not going back in. Uh, on some One way or another, whatever they release, whatever they do, they are in a competition mode now. They have been forced into a competition mode that they've never had to be in before, and they're not liking it, and they're just flexing. And they're going to continue to flex, and eventually the the mass of people will start to see that these types of people aren't really necessary. These jobs aren't necessary. They're they're really they're going to start to act more and more criminal. They will lose the faith of the majority of the people eventually, and they'll just become more and more violent. All dying states act this way. Mm-hmm. They get paranoid. They get violent. And they will turn away their own customers. They're just going to turn off everybody who once believed in them, and then we win. Yeah. Thanks, Sydney, for the call tonight. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, Vincent, Matt, have you guys ever used a site like Local Bitcoins before? Sure. Uh, No, no, I I have not. Uh, And what was your experience? Fine. Yeah. Yeah, I've used it a few. I've used Local Bitcoins a few times. I, I think that uh, you know having some sort of decentralized solution uh, alternative to this would be great. Maybe something like that exists. I know at one time I had experimented with something called BISQ, B-I-S-Q, and that was sort of known as the like one of the first what they might call a decentralized exchange. I believe it still exists. I have not obviously had the ability to check on it in a, in a couple of years since I've been under bail conditions. 
but uh, I think it's still out there. But when I tried it, it was very low volume. There wasn't a whole lot of activity on there, so there weren't a lot of options for you to, to use. But they did have a category for the purchase through like cash deposits. So they, they were trying to do like a local Bitcoins. Um, They're trying to ape that to some extent. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they had, and you know, if I'm wrong about this, feel free to call and, and correct me on it, but I don't think they had uh, the same level of service that local Bitcoins offers, which is to say that local Bitcoins does have that escrow service. And that comes in handy when it comes to the scam artists that are on these websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, the fact is, they are out there. Um, I don't think they're the majority of the people on these these sites. I think they're a small minority, but they're a prolific minority, and they're a pro- problematic minority because they're smart, and they know how to take advantage of people, both buyers and sellers. And so having that centralized escrow service is very, uh, very helpful because there's like an actual human being behind there that when there's an issue, you raise a, an issue with the site and say, hey, I think I'm being scammed, something's happened, something suspicious is going on, and they bring a person in, and then they look at the evidence, and then they make a decision on that. And there may be a way to do that in a decentralized fashion, but I don't think anyone has done it yet. I would love to hear that that does exist, but I'm not aware of it, which is why sites like Local Bitcoins take 1%, I think Agoradesk and or localmonero.co, which is the same site, just they have two different sort of uh, front-facing right. portals because Agoradesk is Monero and Bitcoin, last I was aware. Mm. So you can do both, which is, I think, a nice thing nice thing to have. But they have the same situation where, you know, they take 1% of every sale and that goes to pay to run the site, which includes paying the uh, the administrators to come in whenever there's a problem, whenever there's a scam artist. And uh, that's going to be tricky to do. Maybe like decentralized. a... Maybe like a, a multi multi-node like an, inf- an, an infinite multi-node messaging service that just puts strangers together that is not centralized and it's hosted maybe like on a blockchain or something like yeah that. there's a there's probably some way to do it it's i'm sure the i'm sure someone is going to be thinking about that now right like if they haven't already been thinking it'd be about great it. if there was privacy involved with the exchanges like the sure. actual messaging service like you know do That'd we know awesome. of any blockchain-based technologies that are privacy in nature Monero. Monero. Yeah. Hush, uh, I think Hush was in uh, the whole idea behind Hush was to be uh, a messaging. Yeah, I don't type know where they're too. at these days. I haven't heard anything. I know they're still working on it. I've heard about it recently. Okay. I, I got a full rundown recently. They're still working on it. Uh, but let's see. So, according to Coindesk and their story about this, the local Bitcoin's revenues has taken a hit. Uh, they say they apparently had a $100 million week or consecutive weeks in 2017 and now they're down to five to seven million in weekly trading volume over the past four months now you can do the math here at five million dollars and if you you know uh, look at what one percent of that is because remember they take one percent from every trade that's fifty thousand dollars in a week now obviously that's gonna not be anything compared to a hundred million dollars because that's obviously a lot a lot nicer but I mean, can you run a website for fifty thousand dollars a week? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. You know, if you if you have to cut your staff, I understand. There's been a lot of uh, bloodletting going on in the crypto world in the last year. And this is what they are calling this crypto winter. There's major websites like Crypto.com, Coinbase. A lot of these sites have cut hundreds, if not a couple thousand staff members because numbers are down. 
the usage is down. I mean, that's that's absolutely a fact. But I mean, how much do you really need to pay? How how many uh, you know how many administrators do you need to check over? a lower amount of sales you know the sales are down so you're gonna have to probably let some guys go but fifty thousand dollars a week i think you can still pay a healthy staff to run a website so to me this isn't about the numbers being down this that's clearly just an excuse that they're giving somebody's putting pressure on them and it may just be the the simple pressure of having to comply with governments right I just want to add the um, like to to them not saying if they are under the screws by the government. Um, I've seen in other cases I've covered where it's um, a company bullying customers, where if a, cu- a customer was wronged by a company and they put out an article or a bad review, um, you know, in, in this case, the company was holding on to uh, a person's money. Hmm. Uh, they would bully the customer and say, you know, take down your review. Otherwise, you won't get your money. So. Wow. Um, mm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like always like a physical threat. I think it could be that they say if you say if you say if you complain about this, it's going to get worse. Um, and like if a company is going to do that, then obviously the government's going to do like five times worse. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, something else that comes to mind and let's jump right into the tinfoil hat area, which has been more correct than anybody ever thought it would be. Even people who wore tinfoil hats, I think. Um, but I think at Porkfest in like 2000. 16 or 2017 patrick byrne from overstock.com was yeah, the uh, i remember the, that the keynote speaker and uh he's awesome that guy that guy's one of my heroes now yeah i remember uh, bo uh davis talking about doing bong hits with him before he did his fantastic <laughs> absolutely fantastic dude incredible human being i love him but uh he was talking about his journey with deciding to accept bitcoin at overstock.com right and become the first i believe billion dollar company to do that yeah yeah he's the one of the first big guys to actually make that decision to accept bitcoin as a as a, a payment option and um one of the things he said is he was getting like shadowy type figures showing up around him getting threats and people getting out of cars and like following him down the street and wow. get back into a different car and things you know like that's creepy. He, they, in, and they were intentionally doing it. He said there was definitely a Russian contingent that was involved and there were people hmm. ru- with like Eastern European accents. And But it didn't seem like there was the, he couldn't really tell who it was mm-hmm. just because somebody has an accent that's talking to you doesn't mean that they're the ones, you know, hitmen can be from any country. Sure. The undercover yeah. agent they had. Uh, that's right. The army yeah, ups had a Belarusian perfect accent. Exa- it could have been him for all we know, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, you know, but he that, worked for the IRS. Yeah, whatever. They're they're all just hitmen. They, they yeah. probably have no loyalties, whatever, whatsoever. Um, but that said, you know, if they're threatening Patrick Byrne, Patrick Byrne obviously told him to go fly a kite, and he just upped his security and kept his head on a swivel for a while and kept doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing ever happened to him, obviously. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. But uh, he, he actually take that back. He did get very, 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 very ill. At one point, mm. and it was, I don't know what was going on there, but he came very close to death at one point. But uh, that was after he spoke at Porkfest. But. I want to go to the phones here. I got somebody else on the line. Uh, caller, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, my name's Van. Van. Is that me? You're on the air. Hey, how you guys been doing? I've been listening. Look, I, I'm a Luddite. I, uh, <laughs> my brother's into all that stuff. The reason I called, though, uh, you call and talk about anything, right? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, I took some psilocybin about uh, uh, 11.30 a.m. Sweet. And you. I'm still like, whoa. My ex-wife gave it to me. And I said, okay, I got a bum knee. I'm in my backyard, you know, and uh, I don't have a vehicle. I can't work. Oh, here, take these. And I said, well, look, go to the grocery store. Oh, I'll be back in an hour and a half. And uh, she's not back yet. I trust her. Uh-oh. <laughs> I called you guys about her months ago. She got it. The government took her house. Mm. 
and all that crap, man. And it's wonderful. Anyway, I'm digressing. But uh, the psilocybin, I haven't done this in several years, man. Wow, and man. This is like, whoa. And uh, it, it, I think it's illegal in the state I'm in, but uh, probably I think it's illegal in pretty much every state, with the exception of Oregon, or I believe maybe Colorado might be changing that soon. No, D.C. I grew up in D.C. and my buddy's cool. like, "Yeah, man, you could get a mail to you up here." I was like, "Well, that's where it's coming down here from," because this stuff is. Whoa! Oh, you're but, pointing out that they did legalize it in D.C. Yes, thank you for the reminder. There have been some uh, cities in uh-huh. uh, across the United States. I'd, I'd forgotten that D.C. was was one of them. That's that's great. Yeah, I, I, I left D.C. in like in Yeah, I wouldn't uh, want to live there. No, no way. No way. Oh, Mordor. Man, my dad was a government worker. He wouldn't split, and I split. But uh, you know, I still have wonderful friends there. And uh, whoa, it, it's a very and, and I was. This, I only get you guys on Sundays. Okay. So sometimes I'll call and listen to the, you guys till my phone burns out, you know? And, uh, <laughs> oh, right on. Because, no, man, you're very – I don't know nothing about this crypto stuff. But I am about to inherit – my dad passed away last May. And all this – you know, D.C. has got to go through this court and all this crap. And not so I, – I, yeah, i got to deal with lawyers. And, oh, whoa, that, it's like a lot of money. you got to do this, got to do that. And I'm a cash and carry dude, man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, well, that's another whole other story. But the psilocybin, how long do you roll on this, man? Because it was 1130. <laughs> what time is it now? Psilocybin, you're normally going to be affected for like, I don't know, four to six hours. But if it was really powerful, I suppose it could go on for longer than sure, that. Sure, it depends on how much you eat, too. Yeah, how much did you take? Yeah, I haven't. That's why I sent her to the store. I ain't going to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it depends on like how long the trip lasts. It yeah. depends on how much, how many mushrooms, like how much shroom you right. have. How, how many grams? I have no idea. I just took a big old handful. And, oh, well, there you, know. you go. Okay, that just, might just, be why. Just yeah. sit back and enjoy the ride, my friend. I hope you're having a great night. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay, able to dial the phone and call us. So, like, you're probably not too affected at this point. Oh, no, it's beautiful, yeah. man. I mean, it's just, it's just. God, I wish you'd get back with some food. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact is, you're hu- if you're hungry, that means you're probably on your come down because yeah. you know, if you're tripping, yeah. you're generally not going to be interested in food. In mm-hmm. fact, if you were to, to try to eat while you were coming up on it, or tripping hard on it, uh, there's a good chance you puke it anyway. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, 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 yeah. I, no, I'm, my stomach's fine. You know, uh, it, it's just uh, I gave her some money to get some groceries, you know, just basic stuff, and uh, she'll be here, man. All right, brother. Well, good <laughs> luck. Thanks, man, for the thanks for the trip report, man. I appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely fantastic. Thank, right, thank you for the call tonight. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy that trip. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. And yes, drugs uh, are a thing. People do use them, and they use them responsibly. If you want to learn more about how to do that, I would recommend Arrowid, E-R-O-W-I-D dot org. It does help to learn about these things before you get into them. Uh, but uh, harm reduction is an important concept. we got Absolutely. more coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. 
you can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. we got some pretty ugly news uh, in the world of cryptocurrency coming out today. No, it's not that local bitcoins is closed. That was uh, an earlier caller's guess. That's not good news, but uh, it's not, you know, terrible. There's always going to be competitors to local bitcoins. In fact, there are existing competitors to them so uh, i'm sure business is going to be going going over to those folks mm-hmm. at this point uh, it's ian matt and vincent joining you here tonight you can join us online anytime you want so please head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features uh and if you appreciate the work that we do here on free talk live then you can do as crash gordon has done and become a free talk live supporter of our amps program stands for advertise market promote and support and if you like the work that we do here on free talk live talking about the ideas of liberty peace freedom cryptocurrency seven nights a week here on free talk live then please join the amps program for as little as five bucks per month as uh crash gordon actually did gold level which means he's doing uh 10 bucks a month so thank you crash gordon for that you get some perks like access to the amp only podcast which has the full radio show without the recorded commercials included so please head over to amps.freetalklive.com and you can get signed up there it'll take you to our patreon that's amps.freetalklive.com let's go to ricky from the commonwealth you're on free talk live ricky thank you there brother Ian, brother matt and brother vincent good evening how are you hello my right, pleasure well i had some interesting thoughts after the state of the union on tuesday this came to mind i've been meaning to bring it up I don't know if you know about the incident I'm referring to, but President Biden had the audacity to bring up the fact that uh, the Republicans are trying to kill Medicare and Social Security, which they've been trying to do for 20 years. And sure, all. they have. It's not new. But what he did was he had the art. They booed him bad. And then what he did is say, hey, anybody, I got the proposal sitting right in my office. Anybody who wants it, just. Let me know. I'll send you one. The Republicans are full of it, by the way, because nothing that, they have not been trying to kill those things. Okay, If they had actually intended to kill those things, then they could have done it when they were in total control of the, uh, the U.S. representatives, the Senate, uh, yeah, and, the, you know and the president. Trump wouldn't have done it. Trump wouldn't have done it because he himself came out just the past week and said, don't touch a penny. You know? So he wouldn't have done it. All right. Well, they didn't try they very hard possible. then. Well, right? they'd never win an election again if they did that. They haven't won the popular vote seven out of eight times since the second term of Reagan, so. Okay, well, who cares about the popular vote? I'm glad we don't have a popular vote. Then, you know, California and New York are going to run the country, and it'll be even worse. Here's another example for you, Ricky. They also made this big to-do when this uh, McCarthy guy got into the the seat there at the, uh, the House. Uh, I watched they, that. They made a big to do about how, oh, well, now we're going to get the vote on the fair tax. We're going to put the fair tax. <laughs> we're going to get rid of the IRS. We're going to put a vote in on the fair tax as though they couldn't have done this during Trump. But 
They didn't well, do it during Trump. And the reason they're trying to do it now is nothing more than signaling. It's just simply to signal to their base like, hey, we care about the IRS. We want to get rid of the IRS. But, oh, Joe Biden's going to get in the way. And so, you know, it's never going to go through. Even if it does pass the House, which probably won't, uh, it'll never go through. And then they can, of course, blame the Democrats for something that they could have done in the uh, during the Bush administration. Because the fair tax has been a proposal for a, for more than, I think, 20 years mm-hmm. at this point. Well, and they could have done it during Trump. Trump. So they're full of it, Ricky. Perot proposed a version of it himself, you know, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, it was very popular. That was, that was his. Yeah. That was his parlor trick. Was the the, the uh, yeah? And they shut him the hell out yeah. of uh, the debates after people started listening to him. Mm-hmm. People liked him. Well, if I may, mm-hmm. and I want to talk a little bit about Medicare itself. I mean, Social Security. I'm not going to say much about because it, it goes. Now, which one is Medicare? I always mix it up. Is Medicare the one for old people or the one that's not for old people? Well, Medicare can be for younger people, as a, as an example. Because there's Medicaid and there's Medicare, and I never remember which one's well, I, which. I can talk a little about Medicaid, too, but as far as Medicare goes... Well, which one's which? You know, myself, well, myself, I, I have Medicare, uh, because currently, I, as a result of my, my current condition, I uh, collect an SSD check, you know? That's okay, so Medicare is for uh, older people. Or in some cases, if you're on SSD, you'll get Medicare. Okay, got it. It's either for SSD or SS. Got it. Now, here's the thing. Now, what it comes social down security. to is med- right. Mm-hmm. Regular Social Security. Now, Medicare was $170 last year. It actually went down 6 bucks this year. Now, that's by no means cheap. When you say it was $170, what does that mean? You have to pay for per it? Month, per month. You're paying for that? Everybody does. Okay. <laughs> Medicare ain't free, man. You okay. Know, it okay. Was. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it went down six bucks, and there has been improvements to it uh, due to the Inflation Act and other things, you know? No, but I don't believe you. I, well, there has been some improvement. Nothing run by the government can ever improve <laughs> in any meaningful well, sense. The improvement? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, one of the things they did is on prescription drugs, and this don't benefit me because I only take Teratol, I take generic. But for people to take prescription drugs, uh, there's a $2,000 annual cap. So if you are on something severe like cancer drugs or any of that crap, you're going to really benefit. Now, another thing that they added was they lowered the deductible. It's a little over 200 bucks, you know, so that was helpful. Uh, another thing that was added to it, people on Medicare, uh, they can get their insulin for 35 bucks. I'm not a diabetic, but a lot of people are. You know, and it's outrageously expensive. It was three hundred. Yeah, you know why it's so expensive? Uh, well, just like everything else is expensive. You know, people need it, so they're going to jack the price. No, that's not why. Oh no, the reason why uh, healthcare is so expensive is because the government has regulations that jack the price up. That's why the prices get jacked up. Oh, I thought you were talking about the insulin. Because the FDA exists. No, I am talking about the insulin and every other healthcare. Uh, form out there every uh, fda approved treatment costs way more than it otherwise would if mm-hmm. they could just bring it to market without having to pass through these bureaucrats and pay bribes in order to do it yeah, that's why I, it's so expensive the part i don't get about the whole wanting to kill it thing is the 164 dollars an hour 170 dollars last year for health care for what you actually get for it i use it very little i go to four doctors a year i go to md twice I go to a uh, neurologist twice. I pay forty bucks copay every time, you know, and I get my Tegretol. That's that's the extent of my Medicare. 
But as long as you don't really get sick, you know, you're fine. But for what you pay for it, it's good. But if you want good health. Well, it's because you're stealing from people. How do you figure? How long have you listened to this show, Ricky? Uh, well, for the past five years, I have not. You know okay, that. well, the, the message hasn't changed. How am I stealing from people? Well, you're not doing the actual stealing. The government is. So you've got an How? agency that steals from people. It happens on your paychecks, right? Isn't that where Medica- Medicare gets taken out? Yeah. yeah. No. no? Yeah, but... Yeah? You don't get a choice well, in that. They're so- taking it. And they're yeah. going to they're gonna take your money and give it to other people. That's that's stealing. No, Social Security gets taken out. No, Medi- what, Medicare also gets taken out. Yeah, I have Social Security and Medicare taken out of my paycheck. Yeah, I thought that was a separate line item, but it's been a long time since I've had a paycheck, so I couldn't remember. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't get a paycheck, like if you're self-employed or something, they're going to hose you mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, enough to take out for it. Well, the be-all and end-all that I don't get is they want to kill this damn thing so bad. And it's something that is no, they don't. No, well, they don't. They say they As do. Vincent pointed what? out, if they killed it, like you said, it's popular. People like getting things, quote unquote, for free, free. even though they're not free and they cost actually a lot free. of money. It's not. It's not free. I pay one hundred sixty-four dollars now, starting this year. It was one hundred seventy last year. Okay, whatever. No, it ain't. Free. Uh, it's subsidized then, if that's uh, if that's the case. Dramatically subsidized by everybody else who's paying more than that. Uh, for this. Well, if I needed better coverage, I'd have to get a supplement. Then you're talking into more money. You know, luckily I don't. But my question is, what does it really cost them? That's my question. <laughs> you know, so what does it cost who? Let them have it. You know, what, is, what does it cost who? What does it cost? What is it? Uh, these guys have for the past twenty years, on and off, wanted to stop this. It's not new. But what is it costing them? It's not costing them anything. It's not adding to the, the deficit. It's not re- causing a problem. So why is this issue there? And there is a small portion of people that are the mega people and all these other guys that are really into getting rid of this. No, they're not. You know? They just talk about it. I mean, this is exactly what uh, Vincent was trying to explain to you. This is the problem with partisans like you, Ricky, and uh, Jerome on the weekends, who's sort of like your counterpart, basically who you're so partisan, you really believe that the other guy or the other side is trying to do in your favorite government programs. The reality is they're not, because as Vincent pointed out, they will be losing even more elections if they actually get well, rid of these giveaways, and they know it. They well, know if, it. if Republicans told the over-65 crowd that they're going to take away their free their freebies, it's all over. The, it's over. over. They wouldn't get elected ever honesty. again. Two very prominent Republicans are very well known, Rick Scott and Ron Johnson, I heard it coming out of their own mouths. And what's funny is now they're trying to deny that they ever did, ever yeah. said to get Words aren't Talk actions. Is cheap. Words yeah. aren't actions anyway. Thanks for the call, Ricky. You know, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. After all this time, how can there still be this? If we just get the right guy in there, this will all be fixed. Ridiculous. Not going to. What, but what do you guys think? I mean, should uh, should we just give up on these issues? How do you actually solve this problem with this government redistribution? I, I can't think of anything other than the like a total um, like reset of the system where we just declare all Federal Reserve notes to be a fraud, all these debts in Federal Reserve notes to be a fraud, and just start fresh. But that'll be you know that's like you know like the ending of Fight Club sort of you know like fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and you nailed it. 
Yeah, I mean, well, right. So it's more likely that the federal government is going to crash and burn before any kind of inside the system retinkering, retooling can ever become successful. First of all, I don't think that can be successful no. for the reasons we've already given. So yeah. it's going to just have to crash and burn. And so to that end, the best thing that we can do is to get out of the way of it crashing and burning and and secede from the United States as peacefully and as quickly as possible. Yeah, and but, I might throw a little gas on the fire if it goes down in flames. I might stand back from a safe distance and just kind of pee some gasoline onto that fire. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and the thing is, it's going to it's going to all, all good things come to an end and so do all suck things mm-hmm. and government is suck. I think I think the the project of liberty-minded people ought to not so much try to force it to happen. I don't think we even need to force it to happen. Um, but to try to work really hard to set up other infrastructure to yeah. lighten the the blow when it does happen. Sure. And cryptocurrency is definitely one of those things. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a cornerstone of it. And that is also the the powers that be understand the importance of that yeah, at this do. point, and yeah, they, they know that they're not so necessary anymore. Infrastructure is coming up, decentralized infrastructure is coming up. They don't need to print our money anymore, and that's a giant threat. And um, and you know, I think that was whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, is absolute incredible invention that he yeah, came up genius. with there, genius. Absolutely. And, and and we just need to kind of foster the idea of crypto. Everywhere I go, I give crypto to people. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I help people set up wallets. I mean, I probably do it 50 or 60 times a year at least, and I give away $1 worth of Doge every single time. Or Thank five you for dollars. that. It's good work. It's, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's the Lord's work, and it is in direct contravention of your religion that you can't do it anymore. I know. I know. And that needs to be brought up in an appeals court somewhere at some time. Um, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's the end of my thought. Really, right. you know, we're we're setting it up the infrastructure because that's all you can it's do. the only thing that's going to help. Uh, you know, the writing's on the wall. You know, they're back. they're yeah. cranking out the dollar. They're yeah. uh, going insane with World War. You know, what's nearly yeah. a World War Three at this point? Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, just the United States government; it's every government on the planet. I mean, they're all they're all the same. I think it's also important to think of uh, you know when we think of like crypto, that's like you know an alternative uh, like currency. But I'm thinking. It's important also to focus on even baser stuff, like being independent when it comes to uh, food production. Totally. Um, looking into your know, urban gardening. Uh, I think like like a family of four could survive on less than half an acre of um, stuff that they grow themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, the more food we grow for ourselves, you know, the less helpless we are when the government shuts the power yeah. off. And find out who your local farmers are and start supporting them and buying stuff from them now. They'll grow more stuff next yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So speaking of crypto and trying to... You know, prepare for the end of the federal government, the end of the U.S. dollar or whatever. Crypto is a great alternative. Of course, we also like you know, precious metals. We t- certainly talk a lot about the gold back here on Free Talk Live, and I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. And for those that, those of our listeners that are out there saying, ah, I'm just not into that crypto, well, check out the gold back, okay? Check out uh, that as an amazing product to allow you to uh, protect yourself from the failure of the dollar and also have something that you can physically spend to other people to buy things that's what the goldback's doing and it's doing an amazing job of helping people in you know buying and selling things in physical reality for something besides the u.s dollar so if you haven't looked into the goldback yet again they're not they're not a sponsor on free talk live but i do really love uh what they do 
But for those of us that are interested in, in cryptocurrency, the big bad news of the day is that uh, crypto exchange Kraken, according to Coindesk.com, is going to immediately end its crypto staking as a service platform for U.S. customers and pay $30 million to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, pay them nothing to settle charges that it offered so-called unregistered securities according to the SEC's announcement today. And this comes on the heels of a a post from the guy that runs Coinbase, which is one of Kraken's competitors. These are two of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the United States. Uh, Coinbase guy got on Twitter yesterday, and he said he'd heard a rumor that the SEC was going to be going after staking. They're going to be trying to stop people in the United States from conducting staking. Now, the uh, can either of you guys explain what staking is? No, we, why don't you do it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'll do my best here. So in the world of crypto, there are two major types of cryptocurrencies as far as like the systems behind the actual coins. There's, There's proof of work. Proof of work, which is what Bitcoin and say Bitcoin Cash and some others are. And then there's proof of stake which is what Ethereum has become. Ethereum started as proof-of-work, and they shifted, I think, within the last year or two to proof-of-stake. So proof-of-stake is sort of like the other big type of here's how this thing works, basically. And so proof-of-work is where you have like a miner, and the miner has to have like a really powerful graphics card, or it has to be like this dedicated uh, circuitry that only does mining in order to compete with all the other miners all around the planet. And and so, like, there's this math problem they're trying to solve, and whoever solves the math problem wins the mining uh, block reward, and they get some Bitcoin, right? That's that's kind of how that works. It's I'm not an engineer, right? So that's as, like, a brief overview as I understand it. Crypto staking doesn't require, as I understand it, does not require miners. And so, therefore, the idea behind crypto staking is that more people can participate. Because in order to participate in mining, in most cases, there are some exceptions like Monero and others. You can mine with like a, just any old laptop, yeah, as I understand GBU. it. Uh, but so we're, we're talking very generally here. Uh, with, with crypto staking, anybody that's got like, whether it's a laptop or a desktop computer, not so much with phones, I don't think, but with like an actual computer, you can run the full, what they call full node software of that particular coin that you like. And you can, quote unquote, stake the amounts of coins that you currently have. So if you have some amount of whatever it is we're talking about, Ethereum or, well, I guess Ethereum is different because they require 32 at, at least to do staking. So excluding Ethereum, some of these other coins that allow for staking, you can tell it, I want to stake my coins. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to participate in the securing of the network that you're interested in. So you become actually an important part of the network. Yeah, so the, what, the, what the SEC is saying is that, that by staking your coins, you are saying that you have bought, uh, uh, bought into the network. And the way the SEC sees that is the exact same way they look at buying stock in a company. You're a security. You're, you're a security. You're, everything's you're a security. security. And that, you know, they are, uh, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that's yep. the SEC with crypto right now. And the thing is, I think at this point, they very much realize that it's out of their control. Mm-hmm. And the only yeah. thing that's going to keep it in their control is if they bark loudly enough and scare people enough that they walk away from it. But the reality is if people just kind of look at them and say, ooh, that's a mean dog. Let's go to the other side of the street. 
Well, in this case, the The other side of the street would be to do your own staking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's happening here, and you can, like there's nothing stopping anyone from doing their own staking, but it does, you know, it's not something your grandma's probably going to be able to figure out. Like you do need to download the full node software and press the right buttons. It's not hard to do it. Yeah, I don't see any reason to use it. Just for people who are new to crypto, I probably, I, I personally don't have any use for those types of coins anyway. The st- I mean, proof I, of yeah, stake? I don't, I don't, I don't want to get involved with that. That's not a necessary part of using crypto. So one of the downsides of uh, a proof of stake is, well, the upside is that you earn a yield. So when like you passive do passive income. Yeah. So right. when you do staking, you might get. 10% or 15 or 5 or whatever, right? Yeah, the like puzzling part percentage. about the, the SEC getting uh, getting involved is that's not money. No, Those aren't not. dollars. No, they're not. The, the, the they go, don't represent the, the dollars SEC, either. No, they don't represent dollars. It's like, I, I, I try to, you know, crypto is just like having a collectible it's math it's it's math but it's like having a beanie baby collection mm-hmm, sure like is the sec you know, those go up and down in value baseball cards go up and down in value i don't see the sec freaking out about it well hold on so we actually had jeremy kaufman on the show last week or no was it this week this week uh we had him on monday what do you say and you know he's intimately as intimately familiar he's as anyone can be an with, absolute expert at this point yeah with how the sec considers things to be securities and basically he said look if uh ty i believe is the company that makes beanie babies yeah. if ty or uh wizards of the coast which makes magic the gathering cards if they were to release their cards and say hey you know these could go up in value someday they absolutely would be go, uh, gone after by the SEC <laughs> as a security because that's all it would take. Yeah, but those are companies that would be coming out and saying that. Bitcoin isn't saying that. That's true. Bitcoin's no, not a company. It's not a company. Ethereum's like, not a company. There None are some things. randos out there yeah. saying stuff like that, but it doesn't. You know, there's also randos out there saying Ken Griffey Jr., you know, 89 mm-hmm. Fleer Ken Griffey Jr. baseball cards are going to go up in value, you know, and they may be right. They may be wrong, but... That doesn't make the baseball card a security. Well, that's the thing. They are just calling all kinds of things securities that you know, they're running should, for their lives should not be. And so, so when you do the staking, you get some sort of a yield. And the argument against this is that, well, the coin that you're getting the yield from is just creating new coins every ten minutes or every minute or whatever the the block times are. And so, like, if you get the yield, you're you're still or how do I explain this? So there's a certain amount that there there's coming out. So like if you're not getting the yield, you're definitely behind the ball because mm. everybody that is staking is at least getting is trying to be caught up with the in, inflation of the coin. So it requires the coin to inflate its money supply or its supply of coins in order for this this yield to get paid out to the stakers. But since everybody knows the coin is inflating, are you really actually making something or are you just kind of keeping up with the Joneses, right? So you but I will say this, if you are not staking, you're definitely not keeping up with the Joneses because your supply stays still while everybody who is staking is getting new coins added to the supply. But the idea would be that if, if the market knows that there's new coins coming in all the time, it's not as likely to value the coin up. up right. right. So maybe staking isn't such a great idea. There's a lot of critics of the, the staking viewpoint out there. But now the SEC is, is coming in and saying, well, we're just going to dr- just ruin uh, staking in the United States. They've con- gone after Kraken, which is one of the world's top crypto exchanges. They're uh, registered as Payword Ventures and Payword Trading Limited. 
Uh, there are companies that make up Kraken will end their staking services and programs. According to the SEC, the programs offer the general public access to staking services since at least 2019. Quote, the complaint alleges that Kraken touts that its staking investment program offers an easy-to-use platform and benefits that derive from Kraken's efforts on behalf of investors, including Kraken's strategies to obtain regular investment returns and payouts. Whatever all that means. Um, basically, what it, what it means is that Kraken was offering a tool. So instead of you having to go and like figure out, okay, which coins do I want to do staking on? And do I have enough computers to do it? And then, you know, you probably can't do more than a couple of them. I don't know how many coins you can run on one computer and still actually be able to use the computer or something like that. So like, you know, there's some questions here. It's like, as far as hardware requirements and do you have what it takes to do this? It's not as big as like mining Bitcoin. That's very specific hardware, very expensive hardware. Staking can generally be done on even any old laptop computer, but you kind of want to leave it on 24 hours a day right. if, if you can, right? So, like, there's some there's some considerations here. So, if you can have someone else do that work for you, well, why not? I mean, yeah, they might take 1% or, or whatever the amount is, but they've got a plug-and-play system where you just click, oh, yeah, I want to stake this and this and this, and boom, done. Don't have to think about it. Now, the downside is it's centralized, so it's in their hands, and they're they're in control of it. But the upside is, like, you don't have to think about it that much. Well, now that's not even an option. Now the SEC has completely taken that off the table at Kraken, and they're not going to stop there. They're going to go after Coinbase, and they're going to maybe go after individuals if they can figure mm-hmm. out. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And Vincent. And, of course, you can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about the federal government's continuing attack, all-out assault against the cryptocurrency industry. The SEC probably doing even more damage than the FBI has. I mean, the FBI and the you know so-called Justice Department has been going after individuals like uh, myself and the Crypto Six for uh, making Bitcoin available, say, peer-to-peer. But those aren't as big of hits, I don't think, to the industry as going after companies like Kraken, who uh, just today came to an agreement with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, that it'll pay, Kraken will pay the SEC $30 million and agreeing to immediately end its crypto staking as a service platform for U.S. customers. If you're outside of the U.S., you will still apparently, if you have an account with Kraken and you're staking with them, then that will not affect you. Uh, But anybody inside the U.S., sorry, you're SOL as far as being able to stake on those coins that you liked and you wanted to support. And uh, you may still be able to do it yourself by figuring out how to actually download the software and get it set up and so on and so forth. But that's going to be a significant reduction in the number of people in the United States who are going to be able to participate in staking which basically puts those people behind the ball as far as you know the rest of the world who is under no such restriction. So people elsewhere on the planet are going to be able to participate in staking. They're going to be able to get the yield, which, by the way, according to the story here at Coindesk, Kraken was offering as much of a 20% yield on its staking service. So people all over the planet are still going to be able to get that 
and uh, people in the United States. Sorry, economic <laughs> tough economic times made tougher here thanks to uh, thanks to the SEC. You know, it's not like that. The United States will go down in flames, not because the government became too powerful, but because the people became too spineless to stand up to. That's it. true. I mean, look, it's hard to go up against the SEC. Uh, library just tried and they failed and currently we don't even know how badly they've failed at this point we know that the library uh, company is going to go under but what has yet to be determined is whether or not they're going to take uh, odyssey down with it their platform that launched through the library blockchain basically so not not all the damage has been done yet in that particular case and the sec has just begun to do damage when it comes to stopping staking and Kraken must have decided, you know, they probably talked to their lawyers and the lawyers were like, eh, we just saw what happened with with library, like pay the 30 million and just, you know, turn it off. Why are lawyers so wormy and cowardly and gross? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe they're not all that way. I mean, I, I kind of like my attorney. I do too, um, but. But he didn't win either. You right. know? Like you can have a great attorney and it, none of it matters if you got a terrible jury or, a, you know, a, a terrible judge. And judges are going to likely rule in favor of the federal government. That's just kind of what their job is. The SEC's characterization of Kraken's staking setup highlighted the quote unquote risks that investors take on when staking their tokens with staking-as-a-service providers, which give them so-called very little protection, according to a press release. Protection from what? What? I don't understand what you're trying to protect them from exactly. Like, this is pretty straightforward. You stake your coins, number go up. Like, that's how staking works. Obviously, the coin could go down in value, but your number of the coins that you have will go up. Like, you will continue to get, if you're staking on any kind of proof-of-stake coin, you will continue to get more of those coins. I've Could seen them use this scams as an excuse, or they say they're not able to protect, they're not protecting their users from, like, scam coins by, I guess, like, I don't even know what logic it would be, like, not investigating every single coin that wants to be on their exchange. I've seen that excuse before. Well, then in that case, they should just go ahead and just, just ban selling cryptocurrencies. I mean, I'm sure that's the direction they want to go in with all of this but if that's the reason like oh well kraken might offer a coin that might go down in value well that describes absolutely every cryptocurrency out there it also describes every stock but of course the difference is the stockbrokers are registered right so it's okay if the stocks go down if you put all your money into stocks tonight and then the stocks crash the market crashes tomorrow and you're like a panic sell or whatever and then you lose all your money well, that's okay by the SEC. Yeah, the reality is all the all the power players are the ones that are waging this attack, and the people who are the, registered and and in, not only in them, but the, 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 the people that they answer to, and the people yeah. that they answer to, and the people that they answer to. And at the, at the end of the day, you're looking at the world's top bankers. Is what you're looking at, and you know the, yeah. the the elite of the elite, and the elite of the elite was way late to the crypto game. Sure. And the people who were early to their crypto game, people like us, absolute normies, mm-hmm. you know, average dorks, you know, it came from middle, you know, lower middle class families in middle America, and we aren't legacy banking blood. Sure. 
So the They're legacy not happy baking, about that. Uh, no, yeah. they are not happy about that. They don't want this type of leverage against them. This is a big, big problem. And people like us are telling the rank and file normies, the peasantry, mm-hmm. that, man, we really like crypto. This is a really good idea. I like doing the crypto thing. This is better than money for me, you know. That's a major competitive component that they aren't going to be able to figure out how to overcome. And now they're just on the attack. It's desperate, but it seems to be working. That's the sad I don't part about think it. I don't think it can work. Like I, I and I think they'll I think they'll tout their wins very loudly. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, I don't think these attacks are legal. Even by, I mean, we're, we we got to go back to thinking about the crypto. judge at the the district court here in he's New Hampshire absolute, ruled in favor of the SEC. He's an absolute moron. By definition, that makes it legal. I mean, he's for, for he did one, not seem that, to be a moron. That judge isn't. He's an idiot. He did. He, he and he was also biased as hell. And he was. Of course, he's biased. He sw- that doesn't mean he's a moron. No. Well, right. Okay. In that case, then he's evil. Well, yeah. He's flat out evil. He's, he's doing the federal government. He can't even bidding. fall back on ignorance. He's just evil. Yeah. He he went from calling, you know, when it explained to him that it's not money, it doesn't fit the definition of money, it doesn't no. fit the, you know, it's it's cryptocurrency. He decided to define it as funds. He's the one that came up with the new legal definition. Are you of referring to the funds. library judge? No, your judge. No, 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 no. I was referring to the library judge. Oh, the library judge who wasn't the same guy? The, no, 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 different guy. Surprising. Uh, Either way, I mean, they're, it doesn't matter. They're basically cookie cutter lawyer idiots with, you know, black moo-moos on. Well, you know. this one, I, I saw his, <laughs> I think you were in front of the, or not you were in front of, but you went to one of the library hearings, right? So you saw No, I did li- not. Oh, I thought, I, thought no, I, I saw did. you in a picture. No, I didn't go to the library. I had, I had to work. Oh, okay. Uh, well, anyway, this guy was—he uh, seemed to be well informed. Like you know, the guy, the the judge in my case, he wasn't at all educated on cryptocurrency. Uh, but the one in the library case absolutely had spent a lot of time looking at it. Like you could tell, he had spent a lot of time looking at it based on the things that that he was saying. He understood a lot of the the concepts. I'm not going to say he's like you know expert or anything like that. But for a judge, I was pretty surprised at how knowledgeable he seemed. But he is absolutely carrying water for the federal government. Well, they probably doing... are the ones who taught him and advised him everything he knows about cryptocurrency. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, his job is to do what the feds want him to do, right? And that's what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he's he's they're not going to try to appeal it, at least according to Jeremy Kaufman, because they're out of money. So the SEC has completely bankrupted uh, library, and there's not enough individual support out there to make this happen in the cryptocurrency community even though there should be there should be you know big crypto people bankrolling these guys there should be big crypto guys you know whales or whatever coming in and telling library hey you know we'll help you out but no i don't think i don't think that's happened they're just letting them letting them die now uh kraken could certainly if they can afford 30 million dollars to pay to the sec as a quote-unquote settlement in this case then they could certainly afford to pay the lawyers to fight this thing in court, but for whatever reason, they decided not to. Will they? Will Will the lawyers accept crypto? Because that's what a lot of these people are fat, fat some, wealthy crypto. Some will. Yeah. Some. Uh, there are some crypto lawyers that uh, kind of make their bones essentially doing crypto related cases. Yeah, but do they accept point? crypto as a payment? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Um, so, real quick here from CoinDesk, staking is the process by which proof of stake blockchain networks like Ethereum maintain their security. The network's decentralization or re- decentralized validators post crypto as a form of collateral to attest that they will stay honest. In return for processing transactions, 
they get rewarded with more tokens. So you're doing a job as a staker. Your computer is essentially working for the network that you're staking, and that's why you get the reward. Many crypto stakers loan their tokens to service providers who run the nodes and share in the returns. Coinbase also offers staking for its customers, as do an array of decentralized protocols. Now, it's obviously going to be a lot harder to go after uh, decentralized protocols, but some of them have offices, some of them have boards of directors, and they're going to they're going to put the pressure on them if they're based in the United States. And Coinbase uh, took to Twitter today to brag about its staking service and try to act like it's just so different from Kraken's. And I'm sorry, that's not going to save you from the SEC targeting Coinbase next. I think they're going to go after uh, as many different staking providers in the United States as possible because they. They knock one down, they're going to get cocky, and they're going to just keep on coming. There's nothing to stop these people. They have unlimited... They, the judge in the library case even acknowledged that he he made it sound like he was concerned for the amount of money that library had to spend, even though he's now extended the case another three months at least and requiring library to do more discovery at the very end of the case. But he's, he even acknowledged in court, well, I understand this is very expensive for you, and the SEC has no limit on what they can do. Like, he knew, he knows that the, the taxpayers are the ones footing the bill for all these cases that they're bringing. There's just no end to it. So the question is, if they can go after staking, which is one of the two main types of systems that sort of back different cryptocurrencies, the other one being proof of work, why can't they go after miners next? How are they going to find them? Well, there are websites. Uh, I don't know if they're based in the United States, but there are some sites that allow anyone to do mining, even if you don't have the fancy equipment. So what happens is these oh, sites... pool mining. Um, they're doing that. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, there's definitely pool mining going on, but it allows non-equipment holders, right? Because like, like I said before, if you want to do Bitcoin mining, you've got to have some balls-to-the-wall, crazy, you know, expensive equipment. But there are people who have paid the money to have that equipment, hmm. who are actually making their equipment available for anyone to essentially rent online. Okay, all right. So uh, this was something that I was experimenting with prior to the raid. There's a site called, I think it was NiceHash. I believe that's the name of it. There's probably a, a few of them out there where basically you pay Bitcoin into this site and you say, I want to mine hush or i want to mine dash or i want to mine you know you select the thing that you're interested in monero or whatever said, well the, why would monero be on there there's there's just people with balls ballsy uh graphics cards or whatever that you can well monero is resistant though you can do that with a regular well, then maybe they're GPU. not asics maybe they're just regular gpus is what i'm saying mm-hmm. like there's different people with equipment are essentially making their equipment available for anybody that's willing to pay to rent it so that's a, that's a, a the the strong centralized positions are actually the weakest links in the whole crypto world chain. Yeah, all I'm saying those are guys. Those guys should be, you know, talking to lawyers right now. The people that are running those mining websites out there, if they're in the United States at all, I think they're going to be the next target. Because if they can get away with going after centralized staking providers like Kraken, they can go after the centralized miners too, right? Oh yeah, you're going to get a reward for doing work. Well, that's a security. That's essentially what they're saying with, uh, you know, with these. You know, that's what the ATF's doing too with gun stuff. Though they're just redefining stuff mm-hmm. and moving goalposts around to, to suit their needs, and it's not going over well with the courts. Yeah, but it took like decades for that to change, right? Well, now we have EPA. Sure, there's a ruling. You're you're referring to a Supreme Court ruling that happened what last summer? Yeah, or something like that. 
2021. That's that's not good for these bureaucrats. That EPA ruling was really bad for these bureaucrats and the way they've always run things. Well, they're acting like it doesn't matter. Yeah, of and course. Until, they're until that somebody way. can challenge it, because that's the problem with court rulings is they don't matter unless you can apply it. Right. And they're not going to apply it to themselves. They're just going to keep on going. So it's like, why aren't they going to go after minors? I think they probably will. I think they're just so they're so uh, cocky on their win after win. They after are absolutely win. brazen. They are absolutely brazen. So I don't know. It's really I think it, it looks pretty dark right now for uh, the future of cryptocurrency here in the United States. I mean, I, I don't think it. I don't think they can quote unquote ban it straight out. The odds that that is going to happen still to me seems distant at best, highly unlikely. But uh, I'll have to pull up the library post from today because library has been going off uh, in this situation. I mean, they've they've got nothing left to lose at this point. Library is, you know, they tried to play by the rules. They tried to figure out what the rules were. They asked the SEC, what do we got to do to play by your rules? SEC wouldn't tell them. SEC said die is what you have yeah. to do. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, let's see here. They say they don't want to kill cryptocurrency. They know they can't. They want to put it in a ghetto like BitTorrent, where average people are intimidated and scared to use it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're right about that. Yep. Well, I don't think they can kill it. So all they can do is give it a bad name. But I think people are scared. I think a lot of people are afraid of crypto. When I first got involved uh, with crypto, I was like, yeah, I was still like a teenager. And anytime I saw like a know your customer thing, that was like an instant turnoff. Not because I was doing anything wrong, but I just didn't feel comfortable sharing my uh, my information. And I know, you know a lot of other people are even more meek, uh, you know, in that regard than I am. So already with like just basic KYC stuff, it's, you know, gatekeeping millions of people out of it. And if you look at uh, the Crypto 6 case... That happened at the same time as, of course, the FTX uh, scandal was going. And, you know, the judge informed the jury that, oh, well, you know, you guys know that Ian Freeman, he's not the same. He's not connected to FTX. But, I mean, there's, you know, we don't know what they were thinking, right? But there's a good chance those people on the jury were thinking, oh, crypto scam. Yeah. Crypto scam. Oh, these old ladies scam, you know. And so, therefore, you know, they convicted me, even though there was absolutely no reason to convict me. There was no evidence that was presented. They did not meet their burden of proof in any way, shape, or form in that case. But it didn't matter yeah. when when it all came down. You know, they uh, they said we well, got to punish somebody. Well, there were they're idiots for one. They went to public school in America, so you know they're morons. For two. They did it right before Christmas time when everybody wants to go home. These people probably haven't got all the Christmas shopping done because they haven't been to work in a couple months because they've been working on this case. For, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're just they just want to get out of there. Yeah. Guilty. But they send that guy to prison. Way. Guilty. They, we want to go home. But they could have gone the other way. They could have gone not guilty. We want to go home. That that doesn't seem as definite for people, though, to say not guilty almost feels like there's something being left undone in mm-hmm. their eyes. And I think they're basically well, there was this p- parade of uh, victims of scam artists that was brought up in front of them and the actual scammers weren't on trial. So, right. how well, let's let's convict somebody. Just, it, it's, it's worse than burning a witch. Uh, if you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. Here's what Library uh, said on their Twitter today. LBRY.com is their Twitter handle. They say a cryptocurrency really is dying in the United States. The government actually is winning. If we die, but people wake up in time to change this, it's still a win. 
They go on saying it's not about whether cryptocurrency is a security. It's about whether average Americans can acquire and use cryptocurrency privately. If everyday people can easily and privately acquire cryptocurrency, the law is irrelevant. And that is a big challenge mm-hmm. to acquire cryptocurrency on a private basis. That's what the, that is absolutely I think library is absolutely correct. That is what they're trying to stop. In my case, and it, this isn't speculation. All you have to do is read the latest filing from the government. It came out last week. It's uh, an objection to our filing to motion to dismiss all the counts. And the government basically lays out there why they believe the jury convicted me, essentially, even though there was like not really any evidence. And they essentially said that one of the things they said was that Ian Freeman av- advertised that he respected people's privacy. That means he wanted to work with scam artists. So they believe that anyone who promotes privacy is actually trying to help criminals. That's how, how they could hate they, privacy. How could any normal person with an IQ higher than that of a dog not see that as a gigantic stretch? That's what they're doing. That's their argument. It's like, well, pr- privacy bad. If you promote privacy, you are a criminal. You are not only ab- advertising to criminals, but you are essentially in a conspiracy with them, which is how I got convicted of, according to the feds, how I got convicted of conspiracy to money launder with wire fraudsters. Even though there wasn't a shred of evidence that I had any kind of contact with any wire fraudsters or any kind of agreement with them to like, yeah, sure, well, launder your money for you or whatever, right? Like there was no, nothing like that ever presented. And even though we presented people that said, yeah, Ian's completely honest. He would never do anything like that. We had all the you know, stuff we needed to counter any kind of belief like that. But there was never any evidence presented of any conspiracy. But the thing is, you don't have to have evidence of a conspiracy to be found guilty of a conspiracy yep. charge. They can say that this conspiracy is unspoken and that it was a, uh, what's the terminology, if you are... If you're ignorant, basically, of uh, willful, willful ignorance, that's what they're saying. So by advertising that I respect people's privacy, I was therefore being willfully ignorant of the scam artists that were using um, me, apparently, to buy Bitcoin. Even though I had all kinds of know-your-customer requirements and required all these hoop jumpings in order to go through and that the scam artists had to actually get these their victims to tell lies to me in order to pass through my uh, security requirements, none of that mattered. Privacy bad. And that's what they're saying here. That's what Library is pointing out is they're trying to stop people from buying crypto privacy. Because if you go through, if you go through Kraken, you go through Coinbase, you're on the record. Right. They have records of who you are. And what you bought. And if the federal government wants to come and request those records with a court order, they'll turn them all over. They will immediately fold on that. Right. The IRS wants to know. They're going to find out. Okay. So that's. So what do you do? How do you get crypto anonymously without going through the centralized services? Well, you used to be able to go to places like local Bitcoin, and at least then you'd have some shred of anonymity. Because, like, even if you, you know, you're buying from an individual on local Bitcoins. And in my case, I was collecting Know Your Customer information. So I had that information. In fact, that's how the feds got most of the, the people in this case to, to testify. Was they, didn't know, they didn't even know who they were until they got my, my files. No so, way. My own files uh, is what led to most of those people being on the stand. Uh, but yet I'm the, I'm the bad guy. Just total screw job. 
Right. So you could have found people on local Bitcoins. Well, now they're shutting down. But this is a, another big argument. You know, I'm Monero Matt. Mm-hmm. It's another good argument for Monero. You know, at least but you got to be able to get it. Well, you got to be able to get it. But Monero is also mineable by anybody. That's true. And the more people who mine Monero, the better it is for the network. The network is stronger if you have more miners in it. That's why they're going to go after the miners next. What are they going to say? What are they going to do when you, everybody's got their old laptop that they dug out of the bottom of the closet and plugged it into the wall? And They'll just start arresting them. Good luck. Now, I don't know. They're going to be busy and they're going to piss off a lot of people. I wonder if they can get minor uh, IP addresses easily. I don't know how easy or or, uh, or difficult that is. Uh, I don't think they're going to start there. Though. They're going to go after the websites. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join the show. It is Free Talk Live. Yep, it is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian, Matt, and Vincent here tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features there. We do have our own social media platform. You can go to social.freetalklive.com, and you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts there. It's our server. It's uh, run on. It's run by us. It's a Mastodon-based system, and that means it's uh, decentralized. It means it's federated. Uh, so we're connected to some of the other Mastodons out there, but some of them have banned us because, well, we care more about freedom of speech, and a lot of the Mastodons out there don't. So if you uh, want to have more opportunity to express yourself than what you might get on the major megatech platforms, head over and check out social.freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up here, Vincent, I know you wanted to talk about the Yay campaign. Kanye West, or the artist formerly known as Kanye West, and his presidential campaign. Plus, I suspect you've been following this Project Veritas situation, Vincent. Have you been... Oh. Uh, no, not not closely. I uh, lost interest in Project Veritas because they've had all these bombshells and like nothing ever really changes. I mean, good for them for what they do and what they put out, but it's just nothing ever changes. No one ever gets in trouble, and so it's just it's, at this point just 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 clickbait to me. I want to talk about that coming up here as well, but let's go to the phones first. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Phil. Phil, you're on the air. Go ahead. Um, you guys talking about uh, Bitcoin and the. You know, all that. And yes, there was a time when I just about dived in. I just, was just about to, you know, I was on Coinbase and was just about to open my wallet and get yeah. everything set up. And just something inside of me went, you know, my gut is telling me this is not the thing to do. And mm-hmm. my gut has always served me very well. Okay. And then, probably about two, three weeks ago, I'm reading that the entire Bitcoin. Um, world is kind of a nepotistic entity where if you have a and and give me the word it escapes me for some reason what is it this electronic money I don't know I mean there's there's different you know Bitcoin Bitcoin is one of many cryptocurrencies cryptos cryptocurrency that's it I don't know why it didn't come to me anyway Mm -hmm. all these cryptocurrencies that are out there get set up. And they all trade each other, yeah. and they artificially boost the price, or they, you know, they sometimes even blatantly lie about the 
uh, capitalization and all of this stuff, and it's just a house of cards and a hurricane. And so I backed out. I don't think so. I mean, it really can't. The whole part of the whole point of cryptocurrency is it's all it's all ledger based. It can't really pump itself up. Um, It's either getting used or it's not getting used. And every transaction is. And they were and and they were buying each other's, you know, currency. And. uh, Well, each other, if 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 currency A is on Coinbase and currency B could have been. Uh, issued by the same guy and he's buying himself back and forth. And then, you know, people um, that are friends are buying each other's. Oh, so you're, you're talking about, it sounds like you're talking about shilling. Like they're artificially inflating trades to make it look like one thing's going North. They're, 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 they're trying to moon stuff so they can pump and dump. Yeah. It's, it's a classic pump and dump kind of thing, but that's, that happens on exchanges. It happened, used to happen on Poloniex all the time. Um, well, but, it happens on uh, it happens on Reddit quite a bit. Yeah, I mean that's just going to be the case, and it's true with stocks too. By the sure, way, sure, and companies. Yeah. It happens on the forex. So I just backed out. I think the whole crypto thing is going to collapse and it's going to crash and burn. Well, One that's day, what people I have mean, been saying uh, for Bitcoin over a decade. Too. Yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, well, Bitcoin is tanked. Mm, well, it's back up actually right now. I mean, <laughs> they say that all the time. Yeah. We, we hear that every three months for the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin quote unquote tanked when it hit sixty eight thousand dollars in was it the fall of twenty no twenty 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 twenty. I think it was twenty twenty. Um, it it hit it went way up and then it took a crash over the next year in twenty twenty one down to around sixteen thousand dollars. But it's uh what like twenty two twenty three today i think right now so it's here so twenty two thousand dollars uh just so you know i mean to give you a little history is is prior to the run-up to 68 22 would have been a record high that would have been higher than it peaked in 2017 when it peaked up to around 19 or or twenty thousand dollars so it's if you got into bitcoin before 2017 you're still up yeah and if you want to talk about crash the U.S. dollars worth less than one percent of what it was when it was when it, when it when it was started coming out under the federal the Federal Exchange Act. So you can keep riding that train to the to the to the ground floor if you want to, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to stay away from that as much as I can. I don't think that's good, and it's heavily controlled. And I I'd, I'd rather be in something that's more organic. And I know that the U.S. dollar and government currencies in general, it's not just U.S. dollar, all government currencies are basically run by the same exact people, and none of them are really good or, or definitely well, not I, organic. As I understand it, the whole basis for the entire crypto industry is privacy and, you know, um, just, just maintaining your privacy on mm-hmm. financial situations. And the government cannot get its hands on it, but they're trying to. They're trying to. And, yeah, so yeah, if only it were privacy. I mean, most of the coins are not privacy coins. Most of them are public. Uh, they're available. The blockchains are viewable publicly. Anyone who wants to can go and look at them and see who's got what. And Well, they don't necessarily who owns the wallets, but they know which wallets have how much of any given crypto. In certain cases on privacy coins, they don't know that. 
So with Monero, for instance, which is the one you've been uh, touting here, Matt, uh, no one can look at that and see what is going on. They have no idea how many people have it. They have no idea what the amounts are in the wallets or anything like that. So there's definitely a drive toward privacy, and I think we're going to see more of a drive toward privacy as more crackdowns continue to occur um, because it does not look good for the public people in the cryptocurrency industry. If 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 you're an identifiable person, in crypto and you're living in the united states you're at risk yep. right now especially if you're running some sort of company and you're developing something and you know that to me is an indicator that cryptocurrency is something worthy of attention Absolutely. because the if government's trying to destroy afraid it. of it if yeah. they are disafraid of it they are clearly well, now, afraid what, of it what were the what were the rumors that were circulating about uh, uh prime minister trudeau during the trucker strike where those truckers were using crypto to finance their um, protests and so mm-hmm. on, and uh, you know, just to eat. That was fantastic. Yeah, people were people were donating. People all over the world were donating Bitcoin to them. Well, what were the rumors? I'm not sure. What are you referring to? Well, the rumors were that Trudeau was going into these wallets and he was issuing. Uh, doing, now, this is just what I heard. You guys know more about. He's this doing no such thing than I do. He's doing no. I want to hear that. What, what was he doing? He was actively trying to get a hold of wallets to to confiscate the crypto that belongs to these truckers <laughs> yeah. and people contributing to their cause. And did you, now, do you know, know, you know, do you know what came of that? You know what happened with that? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know what came so of Tr- it. So Trudeau directed some federal judges to issue edicts saying that certain crypto wallets had to turn over the accounts and freeze the accounts and give give them <laughs> the names of the holders of the accounts. And those crypto wallets came back and said, Basically, bite me, bite me. <laughs> not, 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 it wasn't even so much a bite me. It was a sorry, judge. Not only would we not do that for you, we can't do that for you. Yeah. It's literally impossible for us to do that. And the whole purpose of crypto is for this very reason. Mm-hmm. And someday right. when the government currencies collapse, we'll be here for you, too. <laughs> it was so epic. Well, that yeah, that was a great letter. On crypto then. No, oh, I'm still bullish on it for sure. Absolutely. hundred percent for sure. All right. It's just well, a matter thanks, of time. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you for the call. And with the one thing I would suggest, and I'm not an, you know, I'm not an investment advisor or anything like that, is rather than like trying to pick the moment. Oh, is it down? Is it up? Okay, uh, I'm gonna get in. No, what the the best strategy I've seen over time is pick an amount that you can afford to lose on a weekly basis or biweekly or whenever you get your paycheck or or whatever, uh, and then just go buy that amount. On whatever method, whether it's going to Coinbase or going to a local vending machine or something like that, put it in your own wallet. If you're doing Coinbase or Kraken or something, get it off of their platform, put it in your own wallet, and just let it sit there and just keep on accumulating. Whether it's 20 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week or whatever you can afford to do, that way the ups and the downs don't get don't to you. They don't get to you. It's called dollar cost averaging, and that I think is crypto pro. cost averaging. That's probably the best. The other thing, plan. the other thing that drove me away from it was that there are just so many. Yeah, that's you know, a problem. Those out there. That is a yeah. problem. And, like and, donkey coin. You know, most of them are either clones of Bitcoin yeah. with minor adjustments made, or clones of Ethereum with minor adjustments made. I preach Monero repeatedly. I am a huge fan of Monero. Monero is a totally different thing. And if you don't know, you know, you can Monero is an interesting crypto because you don't need any special type of equipment to actually be the mint mm-hmm. of Monero. You can make your own Monero. 
by setting up an old laptop that you don't use anymore. It won't make you a whole lot of marrow, but it'll sit there and it'll, if it's not doing anything else, if it's just sitting around on its duff, you can employ that old laptop to actually make some marrow for you passively. And then you're basically well, paying that, the power company. Yeah, it, it, you're going to pay you're gonna pay the electricity to run the laptop, but it'll do its job. Yeah, that's interesting. I had not heard that. I'll look that up. All yeah. right. Thanks, thanks for the call, call, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Uh, what about you, Vincent? Do you have any favorites right now in the cryptocurrency world? Um. I, <laughs> um, well, I'd say Bitcoin and uh, Monero in terms of privacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. Um, what was I do have uh, some Quantum, which is hmm. a uh, it's it, it sort of like tries to bridge uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. But um, I think there's I, I think there's too many S coins out there. Yeah. Uh, as as you know, I, I think that it takes away attention from like good projects like Bitcoin and 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 Monero. I mean, the only reason I mean Monero is one and Quantum are like the two things that are preventing me from being a full on Bitcoin maximalist. Hmm. Um, okay, but yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is certainly seems like the safe bet. Uh, it's the number one coin. It's probably going to stay number one for some time until the Bitcoin killer comes up, whatever that is going to be. Someday, I think we'll see it. I just don't know when that is. We yeah, don't know well, if Ford, that exists Ford yet. made the Model A for way too long, too. And, is that right? You know, oh, yeah. yeah. And that that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is just... I it's mean, old. I, it's a whole. It's, it's old it, tech. Thank you, Bitcoin, for being the, the, <laughs> the forerunner... And the you know thank you Henry Ford for exposing us to the assembly line and standardized manufacturing. Yeah, sure. That was time such move on. phenomenal technology at the time. But you're kind of failing now because that's really old tech. We need to evolve and move on, and we have. And I, that's why I don't like Bitcoin. It's just, I'm I'm all done with it. I'll probably never make another Bitcoin transaction as long as I live. Oof. So Vincent, you said you would be a maximalist if it weren't for Monero. Yeah, because of its privacy features. And I'm sure there's other good projects, too, that I just haven't had time to look into. But yeah, I mean, that's I'm the just problem. So tired. There's, no, there's yeah. not enough time. There's thousands there's of just, Bitcoin or thousands of coins. Yeah, and a lot of those coins are worthless or memes. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that's cheapening the um, crypto, not just the crypto experience, but I think it's also opening crypto up to government um, intervention. And now, granted, that probably would happen you know, regardless. The government's always going to try and ruin good things. But I think it just makes it easier for people to get scammed by a Squidward coin and then go crying to the government uh, to you know, you know, compare – when they compared- when they raided this house and they they were questioning me they one of the things they asked me they said it was the um, I think the ATF guy was there listening but I, it was definitely the IRS guy on my right side and then the FBI lady and I think it may have been somebody from the U.S. Postal Service uh, wearing khakis and a black jacket tall guy mm-hmm. he says um, I think it was him who said why do you like Monero so much and I said because it keeps the business of people like me out from underneath the noses of people like you. Mm-hmm. And the room went noticeably silent. Mm. It was a very silent little moment. That's why they hate Monero. They, they really absolutely are very curious about Monero. I don't think those people knew their butt from a, a hole in the ground. Um, but it's clear to me, it was clear to me that day that their bosses are under a lot of pressure to solve whatever this issue is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they really understood why they were asking the questions they were asking. They only had a cursory knowledge of it, but there mm-hmm. was clear there was a lot of pressure on them coming from above them. So uh, and, and they that when I said that I liked Monero because it was private 
from people like them, mm-hmm. it was noticeably dead silent in the kitchen. Let's go to your phone calls. We got Chuck on the line in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say that uh, you had a, a motivated investor with about ten thousand dollars just to to try and figure out what he or she wanted to do with that ten thousand dollars. Would you recommend? Or uh, I, you know, and I know you guys aren't uh, financial advisors or whatever. So that being said. Would you recommend uh, that person with that capital to uh, go into Bitcoin, or would you recommend them to look at traditional type stocks and uh, go with the the hottest thing out there? Well, personally, um, if it were me, and I like I said, I'm not a, as you've acknowledged, we're not financial advisors. We don't. Yeah. Uh, we don't. You know do that. Well, neither am uh, I. Right. I'm just bound. But I can say if it were me, uh, what I would do is stay the hell away from any kind of government regulated uh, stock market mm-hmm. or whatever, um, just because I don't think it's any of their business what it is that, uh, I don't think it's any of their business what you do with your money that you earned and you're putting at risk. Uh, but, uh, but like I said to the last caller, I wouldn't just take all, as tempting as it would be to just take all $10,000 and dump it into something and then you know, cross your fingers and hope you got in at the right time. I think uh, I still think the dollaring, uh, the dollar cost averaging is the smartest way to go about this. Mm-hmm. To you know, set aside a hundred bucks a week or or whatever amount that you think is a good amount. Uh, again, money you can afford to lose. Yeah, and you know, I also I want to point out too. I think it hurts crypto for people to be speculating on it as some kind of investment. It's not an investment. It shouldn't be looked at as an investment in the first place by anybody. Mm. The fact that sometimes it goes up in value and a few people get to brag about the whale move they made, it's they're looking at it the exact wrong way too. We shouldn't be looking at this as a way to increase our wealth. We should be looking at it as an alternative to what's out there already because what's out there has failed us. Yeah. It has failed us and it has hurt. Mm. It is... It has mortally wounded our entire civilization. Mm, So now that we have something else, we should be trying to convince other people to accept it in exchange for goods and services. And we should have enough so that we can press it into employment under that um, in in those regards. And that, that makes sense what you're talking about. I don't know. What's your name, sir? Matt. Matt. I'm Chuck. Hi, Chuck. Thank you. Thank you for uh, talking sense into me. Absolutely. I think that's a good point. Uh, I think it's probably going to fall on a lot of deaf ears uh, out there because most people see number well, go up and they just want to get yeah. they want to get in what, on that. What, what, what made most sense what Matt said uh, tonight is uh, the thing about uh, you, he can, you know, the laptop thing. And then as long as you've got a, uh, uh, you know, an electronic uh provider for that machine to run you can mm-hmm. turn your laptop into a uh, a bitcoin i guess it, what is that the term wallet is that um is that correct you'd be turning a it wallet? into a miner you'd, you'd be, be turning into a miner a wallet is you need a wallet yeah in you, order you're to... gonna need a wallet because when when the when the crypto starts you know when your machine makes you some crypto it's gonna want a place to send it so for instance um, my buddies, my, my buddy set it all up for, for my miner back when I was doing it, but it, I was in this pool call, it's called a pool. It's where other people joined forces with you to make mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's called, uh, it was called Monero ocean. 
If you probably okay. find that if you Google it, but Monero Ocean, and uh, I had that set so that every time it got up to like a quarter of a Bitcoin, it would send it to me. That way, it wasn't sending me little, you know, f- tiny, teeny fractions of a bit of a Monero every mm-hmm. single fifteen minutes. It was waiting until it had enough to send me. That saved me a transaction fee here and there. So, uh, you know, a mining fee there and there. But you had to have so, a friend help you set it up. It's complicated. You right? know what though? After he did it, and I'm a I'm a computer idiot. Mm. He's a genius. Okay. But I'm a computer idiot, and I did go read the instructions on the website how yeah. to do this, and they are really straightforward. I think I could have handled it myself if hmm. I just, okay. you know. Wore my ovaries wow. on the outside there for a second. I probably could have pulled it off and gotten that set up myself. I used to, I used to call up and do prank phone calls as best I could to uh, Free Talk Live after uh, before tonight. But I, I'm being serious right now. What you said makes so much goddamn sense. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and and I just figured it out. I mean, it, it, oh my god! I gotta. I'm gonna hang up and really. Uh, Playback. Got stuff to think about. All right, thank you, Chuck, glad, for the glad, call. Glad we could help. Uh, Vincent, you want to weigh in on his question, though? You got $10,000. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I like your dollar cost averaging um, suggestion, but like for my, my, the first thing that came to my mind was um, to definitely diversify it. So mm-hmm. I'd probably put some into like if I suddenly had like right now just, you know, 10 grand dump into my lap, I'd probably put half of it into something that provides passive income so like blue chip um you know dividend paying uh stocks and if i wanted to put some of that into crypto i'd probably put it into you know proof of stake for you know the same um the same uh you know same concept and then the rest i i you know i'm not a financial advisor it's just what i would do what i mm-hmm. would do uh, the rest i'd put into um a regular uh you know diverse like index fund maybe some like you know oil um, and some metals. And now I know some people you know, like who haven't listened in a while might be saying, "Is this the same Vincent? Have you been you know abducted by government aliens?" <laughs> um, and I mean, like, I do think that the financial system is precarious. But like, you know, growing up myself and a lot of other people who get you know quote unquote like you know, red pilled and woken up, uh, we listen to people who have financial interests in selling gold and survive and you know disaster equipment and stuff and. Um, you know, I probably like part of me wishes I did invest, you know, invest more in, um, you know, stocks and stuff instead of uh, MREs and uh, ammunition and, you know, survival things just because the world didn't collapse, you know, life, life goes on. And um, it's it's no life worth living, you know, thinking, just like looking forward to a collapse waiting, mm-hmm. you know, looking forward mm-hmm. to the end. So unless now, you really I mean, love it's, that it's, type of thing. But I uh, know I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to cast any judgment, but yes, yeah, so I think there's a balance between having, you know, beans, bullets and uh, Bibles and being somewhat, you know, savvy about being into finance. Yeah. And Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. But four Bs <laughs> and bullion. Five. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's five. good. That's a good one. I like that. So I think there's a balance. Yeah. You, you know, in, in, in the study of economics, the, one of the first things you learn is the axiom guns or butter. Are we buying guns or are we buying butter? Which is more important? Are we going to go to war or are we going to eat? Why can't you do both? Well, that's the idea. We're striking a balance all times. Uh, all right. So changing gears a little bit here, the Project Veritas. Vincent, you you kind of hinted that you're over it with uh, with Project Veritas. I got to say, I think they do good work. I Having watched their recent video, uh, I mean, I watched some of them last year as well, but their recent one where they cornered this guy from Pfizer. Have you seen this one, Matt, the <laughs> Pfizer guy? It was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've seen Have you seen it, Vincent, I even did. though you're trying to avoid it? 
Uh, I did. I mean, I avoided just because of out of disappointment. I know they don't have any control over it, but um, yeah, I, I did see the recent one too. It was amazing. So listeners just, you know, who maybe have not seen this yet, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago at this point, Project Veritas released a video where once again, they had one of their undercover uh, agents, uh, reporters, on a date with this guy from Pfizer who was like an executive at Pfizer and presumably still is. I don't know if there's any evidence he's been fired yet. But he just came right out and just admitted, yeah, they're doing not quote-unquote gain-of-function research, but, uh, oh, God, what was the term that they used? Like forced evolution. Yeah, directed. Directed 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 evolution. evolution. That was the terminology. It was basically the same thing, just different terminology. uh, So he admitted that they are manipulating the uh, COVID virus in the hopes that they're going to be able to put out vaccines before they're even necessary, that kind of thing. And it was kind of a shocking report for people that maybe haven't believed the conspiracy theories on these issues. And it verified a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then they confronted the dude in a restaurant in New York City in the second or the follow up video. And the dude lost his mind and like grabs the (laughs) iPad from the Project Veritas guy and just smashes it on the ground. He's down on his hands and knees smashing an iPad. Great. Went crazy. What do you want to bet he got? What do you want to get? I bet he got a slap on the wrist and he's about to get a a promotion if he hasn't already got one. And just he got to think. The guy's already evil as it is. They like him because he's evil. And now he's learned a hard lesson about the public eye. So he's going to shut up for the rest of his life and do his evil stuff. Uh, So we got more here coming up regarding Project Veritas. Now, apparently, the founder of the organization is on paid leave. And allegedly, the board of directors is considering firing. Of Project Veritas? The founder of Project Veritas. He's talking about James O'Keefe? That's right. Why? The very same. We'll talk about it coming up in Hour 3. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour here. The program can bring up anything you want to discuss. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And Vincent. Phones are open. Uh, The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We talked about the SEC and their continuing attack on the cryptocurrency world, they're not going after crypto staking, taking out Kraken and their U.S.-oriented uh, crypto staking service. So U.S. customers for Kraken are going to be SOL as far as uh, staking is concerned, effective apparently immediately. Kraken's going to pay them 30 million dollars uh, to settle this case so it doesn't go to court. The SEC. The SEC. Kraken's. Paying the SEC $30 million. Did I not say make that clear? Yeah, Kraken's going to pay $30 million To the SEC. To the SEC. Because the SEC was damaged to the point of $30 million. Apparently. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, they weren't? No. The SEC they, saw, to, Kraken saw no damage? Wanted to, Kraken wanted to avoid, I guess, what they thought would be more than $30 million worth of damage if they took this to court, which is un, almost unbelievable, but that's what they were expecting. So... Uh, maybe they saw what happened to library and the fact that the library was completely destroyed and they didn't want that to happen to them. So that's the end of that case. And then that means the SEC is probably going to bring another case against another crypto staking company, likely Coinbase or whoever the next victim will be. So we covered that. But if you want to comment, you're certainly welcome to join us. In other news, Project Veritas has uh, been making headlines recently. Uh, we've certainly talked about it and played their videos. We played, the like I think, most of the full uh, video that they had with the the Pfizer executive revealing that they're doing 
basically doing gain of function research. They're manipulating the COVID uh, disease in order to possibly create new variants and create new vaccines to make even more money. And, you know, this is very kind of cynical, uh, sick viewpoint that this individual from Pfizer had. They confronted him over it. Not they, not Pfizer, but Project Veritas confronted this guy. He lost his mind, smashed the iPad that uh, Veritas had. So then, like a week later, Veritas came out with a follow-up video. So they had more footage of this dude. They'd kept that, you know, to their coat, if you will. They kept that close when they released the first one. Then they released the second one, and in the second video of the same guy. He was talking about how Pfizer is aware that women have been having reproductive issues. Women who've been vaccinated have been having these issues. And, uh, you know, that's not something Pfizer's been talking about publicly. Right. Dude said that. And so, like, that's all been out there. They uh, There's been a couple of other updates we haven't played for you here on Free Talk Live. And I'm not going to play the video. I'll just summarize what happened. Uh, they, let's see, they sent one of the Project Veritas people out to California and went to YouTube, you know, like this YouTube area where the executives live. And one of the YouTube executives, they found him outside of his mansion or wherever it is he, he lives there. He was like, I don't know, out for a morning jog or something. And they confronted him and asked them, hey, why'd you ban our channel, basically? Why did you uh, strike our channel for telling the truth? And of course, the guy didn't want to say anything at all on camera. Well, apparently, a couple days ago, uh, Veritas puts out an update saying that the, I don't remember the name of the the city, but some city in California, the place where YouTube is located. I had not heard of it before, but uh, this place, they had sent the police, they they called the, the cops, the cops sent a letter to the Project Veritas journalist who confronted the YouTube guy saying that they have a warrant to get information about where the Project Veritas journalist's location was. So they want to get Google to hand over his location data, or Apple or whatever his phone company is, to hand over his location data for where he was the morning of when he confronted the YouTube executive on video. So things are getting pretty crazy for the people over there at, uh, at Project Veritas. Like they're... Oh, for- so, sorry to interrupt, but no, also in hot water for uh, however they acquired the Ashley Biden diary. Yeah, well, they got raided over that in 2021. There were multiple, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, multiple and so, Project I mean, Veritas people back. raided. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely they're definitely doing some good stuff, right? Like, as they say, if you, you know, you don't take flack unless you're over the target. Right. So guys, what's happening with James O'Keefe, though? Well, that's the news, at least within the last couple of days. Headline broke, I think, yesterday. This is from nymag.com, the intelligencer, reporting that James O'Keefe, the founder and chairman of Project Veritas, has taken paid leave from the conservative nonprofit media organization as its board considers whether to remove him from his leadership position, according to current and former employees of the organization. An internal message sent to Project Veritas employees by their executive director, Daniel Strack, said that O'Keefe would be taking a few weeks of well-deserved PTO, or paid time off. An image of the message was shared by a source familiar with the organization's internal operations, and its authenticity was confirmed by a current employee. When reached for comment on his personal cell phone, O'Keefe said nothing in response and did not respond to follow-up calls and text messages. So... 
I mean, it definitely does. Seems like strange behavior from somebody who normally is all about, you know, well, give us transparency, right? Who's on the board of directors at Project Veritas? I have no idea. You know, not for nothing. It's hard to think. It's hard to think anything but negative things about this type of thing. We can hear it. Sure. But my company, when you've worked there five years, they shut off your cell phone, they lock your email, and they make you go on vacation. Really? Yeah. You are on a forced sabbatical, and it's a month. <laughs> a whole month. It's wow. It's mm, really good. Yeah. Just for your mental health, basically. Just yeah. It's a it's a it's a company with really high demand, with really passionate people working for it, and people will work themselves to death for the cause, and it it's good that they're it's it's a nice thing and that goes for everybody from the mail room to the ceo if hmm. you've been there for five years your email gets shut off your phone gets shut off and take you a break are, we don't care what you do but you're not doing it here and it's a paid month yeah that's pretty sweet uh so maybe that's what's going on here matt but apparently there was a statement that project veritas made along with this and it didn't sound like Hey, you know, we're just helping our guy out here take a vacation when he doesn't, you know, didn't ask for it. Uh, they say through a spokesperson, a statement has been released, quote, Like all newsrooms at this stage, the Project Veritas Board of Directors and Management are constantly evaluating what the best path forward is for the organization. It read in part, it did not directly address questions about O'Keefe's employment status. And he, by the way, as of the last time I checked on Twitter has been silent uh, on this matter. So, Did it mention him stealing a sandwich from a pregnant woman? No. Is that an allegation as well? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have the Daily Beast here, and I remember reading it um, <laughs> earlier. Apparently, he uh, like the allegations are that he would bully employees, and he'd be very, quote, outright cruel, at least going to the Daily Beast, which has every reason to hate, you know, James sure, O'Keefe sure, and yeah. Daily Beast. But, I mean, that doesn't mean they don't, you know, report truth sometimes. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, what you're pointing out here is that the, the the leftist media definitely hates Project Veritas. They're definitely going to do everything they can to drag them through the mud. Uh, but you know, it's not hard to find somebody who worked for a person who doesn't like them anymore, right? Like if you've gone through, and I, I believe I've seen the statistics are, I think they have like 65 employees right now. And so you know they've gone through well, probably at least a dozen or so mm-hmm. that don't work there anymore, right? Like right. that's just the way it goes. People quit. People move on. Some people get fired. Uh, so it's not hard to believe that somebody's burned by their experience. You know, they had a personality conflict with somebody like this. I mean, O'Keefe is—he's uh, a mover and a shaker. He's—he's going to be somebody that's you're going to—he's going to rub people the wrong way. Sure. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. That's true. That's true. He's um, probably real type A. He's probably driven as you know. And that if you're not that type of person, it's easy to be abraded by yeah. those types of people. Uh, well, in this case, it's not just a former employee. At least according to the Daily Beast, here it's uh, from an internal memo signed by a third of Project Veritas's employees. Uh, Ian, I'm sending you via the article if you want to okay. check it out. Um, working for O'Keefe at Project Veritas can mean, quote, being publicly humiliated by him and what amounts to, quote, public crucifixions and even being required to take lie detector tests, his unhappy employees write in the memo. Now, this could also be BS. That sounds like so outlandish lie detector tests. Um, 
They have a quote here. I would describe Project Veritas's current environment with this saying, quote, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> One disgruntled staffer wrote in the memo. So when they say staffer, I guess, yeah, they're, they're currently working. There. Yeah, this I don't understand. It's like, why do you work for them then? Why are you there? Are you there just to be an in- Are they infiltrating Project Veritas? Maybe. Because like, why wouldn't they do that? You right? know, like, I, why- when I was cooking for a living, when I was running restaurants, running kitchens, that was my credo in the kitchen the beatings will improve the, the beatings will continue until morale improves and you know what i washed out the week sure you didn't stay and if you wanted to to, to be with us you were going to be a hustler and you were going to put the sweat equity in and you would be known as one of the best by the end of your stay there and hmm. we we always had successful restaurants in, in an industry that had 80 percent failure rate i never had one close Except one that I was intentionally hired for the purpose of winding it down and closing it for a retiring owner. But that's it. Yeah. That's really cool. It's unfortunate when you, when people work together, right? Like when uh, friends become coworkers, things Mm -hmm. can change for their relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I think we've had good fortune here on Free Talk Live over the years in that we don't have quote unquote employees, yeah. right? So like we just have people that want to be on the air and, and mm-hmm. want to express the thing. Yeah, some and, that don't want to be on the air but ended up somehow getting talked into picking up Thursday night shifts. You're anyway. talking about yourself? <laughs> How many years did I turn you down for this? I don't know. Yeah, there's some time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it um, took an FBI raid for me to get furious <laughs> enough serious. to come over here. <laughs> oh, thanks, FBI. Yeah. That's looking on you the bright side. You got me out of the deal. Um, but, you know, I think we've been pretty fortunate here. I haven't had to, quote unquote, fire many people. Um, and But, you know, even those who I've, quote unquote, fired, like Chris Cantwell over the years, I've still remained um, friendly. Well, with. there's some that absolutely, there's one in particular, one girl I know that absolutely still psychotically hates you that you had to let go. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was thinking about that one. Remember that one? Yeah, oh. yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten about her. <laughs> that, she hates everybody. And that axe is still sharp. That, that one isn't just per- personal against me. That woman hates everyone yeah. she's ever known. Yeah. Um, so that's another problem with her. But, uh, but you know, it just goes to show that the larger an organization becomes, mm-hmm. the more likely you're going to have personality conflicts For within sure. it. And it's like you say, if you're if you're running an organization the way you want it to be run, you have got a vision for this thing that you want it to be. And if somebody is contrary to that vision in some way, shape, or form, they're not going to feel good. They're not going to be feeling welcomed. They probably don't belong there, which is why I say, why don't these people just leave? If it's a third of the employees and they hate their job so bad, why not just leave? I mean, you, if you're talented, you'll get picked up somewhere else. Right. So that's what makes me wonder is, you know, at some level, it's not unbelievable that Project Veritas, which is an organization that does undercover work, could also be subject to infiltration of its own, where maybe some whiny, I hate working leftists want to go get a job at Project Veritas so they can spill the beans on the, you know, the internal goings on of the company. Maybe that's, you know, exactly what's going on here. And the other thing that I think is worth pointing out uh, is... This happened to Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, you remember? That's right. Yep. Remember Glenn Greenwald, mm-hmm. one of the co-founding members of the Intercept. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I think it was maybe two or three years ago, Glenn Greenwald posted publicly that he was resigning or be, I being fired. I forget which one it was, but something happened at the Intercept where he was the founder or co-founder of this news reporting investigative journalism organization, which turned has turned out some great work over the years. 
But things had gone in direction where he wasn't feeling comfortable at his own company that he helped found. And that's because of this board of directors. He, he, I see it all the time. People want to practice their craft. They do not want to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. So they hire other people to be the the managers of the business. And before they know it, they manage they're, right an, out. they're an employee yeah. and then they're a fired employee. Yeah, it's tragic. Uh, and, and like I said, we've seen this happen before. It happened with Glenn Greenwald, and it appears that it may be happening with James O'Keefe right now. He was, I believe, I mean, yeah, he's the founder here, according to uh, nymag.com. But at some point, he put a board of directors in charge of this thing. And I don't know, I don't know if it's what you're saying is where it's like, well, I trust these people and I'll let them handle the this aspect of it. Or maybe it has to do with forming a corporation, and it's like, well, in most states, corporations have to have a board, right? Right. So maybe it's, it's a some... nonprofit. Is it a nonprofit? Yeah, yeah. The score of this article here, yes, yeah, since it's a, a nonprofit, it has to have a board, right? Well, maybe it wasn't originally. Maybe you know, back in the day, it was just James O'Keefe doing whatever it was he was doing, uh, and then it got bigger, and he said, all right, well, let's do it as a nonprofit. Here's some people who I know and I trust. I'm going to bring them on the board. And then the board takes the organization in a completely different direction than what you had originally envisioned for it. And it is out of your hands at that point. They That's have why, total control. For somebody like that, it's always more important to keep, even though you named this thing Project Veritas, you got to call it Project Veritas with James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Jane, or call it James O'Keefe's Project, Project Veritas. Veritas. And then when they throw the, you out, then it's just like, well, we're going to follow. It. We'll just go to James O'Keefe's. You know, the follower, the following is, you know, at risk of sticking with Project Veritas, not realizing that James O'Keefe is no longer there. But if they right. always knew that there was a guy named James O'Keefe associated with it and anything new coming out of it doesn't appear to have that guy in it, they might go search him and he'd have his followers come back. And according to here, he doesn't have a board's uh, backing. He uh, removed two board members um and uh, later that day the board voted to reinstate them oof when did this happen yikes uh, Mon- uh it says here on monday project veritas staffers presented the nonprofit's board with a document covering his behavior saying they were troubled and frustrated by his management st- style later that day the board voted to reinstate two executives o'keefe had fired a week earlier Whoa. while o'keefe went on paid leave Okay, two executives wouldn't be board members. He probably cannot. I'm sorry. Fire. I'm sorry. I, I misread that. Yet. Yeah, but that is interesting. I didn't realize that was happening so close to this other news. So yeah, that absolutely uh, has to do with this. Then like, it'd be worth it to do do a little homework and find out who these board member people are and where they come where they from, come from and yeah. who are they associated with. Like, are the is this shadowy government crap or or it could just be this you know this internal fighting in the conservative movement right there was another could story be. recently we didn't cover it but i had it in show prep uh about the the dude that sits at the table crowder Stephen crowder yeah. he's always yeah. in that meme where he's sitting at a table at a college campus or whatever like change my mind that yeah. guy uh, apparently he had a big falling out with a lot of the conservatives i think ben shapiro he's another big name in the conservative community the daily wire was going to hire this dude and they had a very what I think what uh, Crowder would say was restrictive contract. Oh, the contract! Yeah, it was a huge contract, and he turned it down. He right? Turned because- it down. He turned like fifty million dollars down because, as I understand it, the contract required that he take a hit in pay if they lost. Like, if YouTube banned his channel, then Crowder would have to take a hit in pay. 
which, you know, from one perspective kind of makes sense, yeah. right? Like they're not getting the revenue in that they were expecting from him. So therefore you get your pay dinged mm-hmm. in that case. But Crowder's argument was, look, this is proof that these people are going to kowtow to the system, right? Like, oh, well, if you want to appease YouTube, then there's only so much you can say. Right. Right. So that essentially the argument was that this is essentially a control on what his freedom of speech is, the things, right. the co- topics he's able to cover, the viewpoints he's able to uh, to express. And Crowder wasn't always an activist. Before this, he was a comedian. Oh, and, really? and he, I mean, that's Stephen oh, Crowder's a comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And so that means to me, he's seen contracts right. before. And I think that was part of his point. I've seen this before, and I'm not interested in this contract mm-hmm. for X, Y, Z reasons that I'm very well acquainted with. No, thank you. And then he went on. The, the 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 controversy started when he started going on about it because what he's trying to do is warn other, other people. people about you know look out for this. This is this is little. Well, yeah, you got to read the contract. You got to read your right. contract. And if you can't do it yourself, you better hire an attorney who's going to be honest yeah. with you about it. Uh, were you following that one at all on your show, Vincent? By the way, pl- plug your show. Uh, for our oh, listeners. thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's um, I guess it's Shire Free Media show. It's on Odyssey at the eponymous channel, Shire Free Media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did cover that a bit. I try and cover things that don't get you know as much coverage. But since um, you know Crowder is a gatekeeper and grifter, I uh, had to cover it under my gatekeepers and grifters segment. Did you take a <laughs> side on that one? Do I take a side? No, whoever whoever wins, we lose. Uh, <laughs> Or in that case, whoever loses, we win by you know by by laughing at their uh, at, at their expense. But um, yeah, no, I I thought I think like Crowder did it for cynical reasons. But I mean, I think he uh, he was ab- absolutely right. I think that contract was um, unfair. And now some people would argue, well, if he loses, you know, if he loses his YouTuber gets a strike, then the company loses money. He's not worth as much, right? But the, and yeah, I mean that makes sense. But the thing is, these 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 conservative organizations or quote unquote conservative. Uh, in my view, controlled opposition, uh, grifting organizations like Daily Wire, they, their bread and butter is, oh, we're standing up against censorship. Conservatives are getting censored, and yet they kowtow to the censorship. Yeah, behind the financially- scene, it's like you've got to do everything you can to avoid losing your YouTube channel. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they should take a stand instead of, you know, financially incentivizing their uh, talent, uh, you know, they're, they're essentially their harem, you know, their stable of a talent, right? It's like the same way Fox News treats uh fresh talents right they put you know non-compete clauses and they just like totally control them and they give them these awful contracts like that which is why i stayed um one of many reasons i decided to stay independent and um what did you have an offer on the table from uh you know one of these companies that wanted to control you uh well you know i don't want i don't want to get to you know too too into that but um uh no i, I wasn't you know they, they knew i wouldn't be interested gotcha uh, so yeah, I think that, that could be it too. Like it may not be internal, uh, influencing as far as like leftists in, uh, infiltrating project Veritas. It might just be a, an internal battle between conservative forces could that be. are trying to, you know, take over. Although, uh, Shay's place in the Odyssey chat says project Veritas recently brought in some ex CNN employee oh. who is apparently accusing O'Keefe of being an abusive boss. Like, why would you, you do know? that? Why would you do? You know, like, if they got CNN on their uh, their rap sheet, then they probably shouldn't be hired at Project Veritas. I don't know. They also had a. I saw from Steve Bannon. They hired a uh, one of the lawyers from Dominion to be their lawyer for their legal troubles. The voting company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, Veritas hired a Dominion lawyer? Yeah, yeah, I sent it to... Why uh, does that make any prep. sense? You know, it's funny. I, this this is like a wash, rinse, repeat thing we hear all the time. You know, like uh, uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones's attorney only has one other client, and it's the Bronfman family, which mm. is like the, the Rockefellers the of Canada. Secrets people, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're big connected, oh, like major. Huge, major, major money, yeah. major Nexium. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Nexium cult. Uh, That's so, right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So O'Keefe, uh, let's see here. A little bit more from the statement from Project Veritas. Quote, there are 65 plus employees at Project Veritas dedicated to continuing the mission to expose corruption, dishonesty, waste, fraud, and other misconduct in both public and private institutions. To our supporters, we hear you, we care about you, and we will never give up. Unquote. However, they did not address uh, O'Keefe. So they say they care about their supporters, but they're not telling their supporters what's actually going on, why O'Keefe has been given paid time off. And uh, it's, it sure sounds like you're onto something there, Vincent, you know, given that he fired two people and then the, the board undid his firings. And then all of a sudden, three days later, he's out. At they least. themselves Veritas, but they're being very uh, opaque right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more coming up here in moments, but re- rest assured, wherever it is this guy ends up going, if, if he ends up being fired, maybe he won't, but if he ends up being fired, he'll land on his feet and he'll yeah. start something else up. He's not uh, a quitter. No, there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about internal turmoil, apparently, at Project Veritas. Now, the left-wing media is just, you know, having a ball with this information. I think it's unfortunate. I mean, by the way, you know, we're not conservatives here on Free Talk Live. We're liberty-minded people, typically, behind the microphones here. And I, but I do appreciate the work that Project Veritas does because they are doing some stuff that you really just don't see out there. You don't see this kind of undercover uh, ambush interview. Rebel News is doing ambush interviews. They did some really good stuff at uh, the World Economic Forum, ambushing people outside. But uh, Vincent, I saw you shaking your head a moment ago. Well, anytime anyone says rebel news and doing a good job, I, I immediately uh, get concerned. But no, that, you're, you're right. In that case, Ezra Levant himself actually went to um, to uh, Davos at the uh, WEF. So yeah, that, he, that confronted, was, that he was, confronted he uh, confronted Borla from from Pfizer there. So yeah, I mean they could do so good work, but I mean their thing is selling uh, email address. They always have petitions and lists, so it, it is a massive grift. Uh, gatekeeper, oh, really? you know, Zionist gatekeepers also. I mean, you know, like Gavin McInnes worked for them and criticized Israel, and then they, you know, bring him on an all expense paid trip to Israel, and then suddenly he he loves Israel and wants to bomb those Palestinians. So, oh, uh, interesting. Sorry, I don't mean to. Yeah, I didn't mean to get into that diatribe, but yeah, that's that's why I made the face. But yeah, I mean, you know, I and and you know, good for Visa. I want to encourage Visa grifters when they do good work. Yeah, I mean, good good for them. I think they should be encouraged. It, are you saying Project Veritas are also in the grifter camp? As far as you're concerned? Um, no, I, I don't think so, because they actually do stuff of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they overhype the importance of what happens, because, like, they've, you know, they've shown, like, I remember um, they came to uh, New Hampshire many years ago, and they went to uh, my town of Hanover, and they showed just how easy it was to commit, um, 
you know, to uh, vote. You know, I think like James O'Keefe himself, you know, who's not a New Hampshire resident, basically, you know, got himself signed up to vote. And it was, really? you know, it was amazing. So, yeah, yeah, it was amazing work. Yeah, it's one of her older things. It's pretty buried. Uh, but nothing ever, nothing ever comes of it. But um, no, I wouldn't describe him as a grifter because I mean, he associates with a lot of grifters, but it's for publicity. Like he actually does stuff of value. So, hmm. well, I mean, it's it's pretty common that you know a lot of exposés aren't going to take down the government, right? Like it's just it's valuable just from the perspective of those who want to know can find out. Those who want to know what's really going on don't just have to speculate. Now we can show somebody, oh look, here's a video of this Pfizer guy saying the things that people have been speculating on for the last two years. Now it's out there in the open. Here's your proof. So for anybody that was wanting some proof, they do give that. It's not going to result in what I think a lot of the conservatives think. Like, I get what you're, and you're absolutely right with what you're saying here, Vincent. Whenever that video came out from Veritas, you could see the conservatives on social media saying things like, all right, now the Congress is going to bring Pfizer in and they're going to grill them and they're going to take Pfizer down. No way. Not a chance. And that's more and I'll admit that's more of an indictment against like the people and, you know, the people in power uh, than it is, you know, Veritas. Right. I mean, they're, they're doing the best they, they can. Yeah, well, it's uh, also yeah. an indictment against just the ignorance of these conservatives and believing that these people in D.C. are going to all of a sudden switch gears and do something to hold these people accountable. It's like not even possible. In fact, the latest video from Project Veritas that I saw today, uh, it was at some hotel. I think it was in D.C. or wherever it was. And so they were having some kind of convention of the Republican Governors Association. And who was showing up to speak or be seen at the Republican Governors Association? None other than Pfizer's CEO, Albert Bourla. Interesting. And so they're confronting Bourla on the way. He's uh, Apparently the Veritas guys bought a room at this hotel because they actually pull that out as a card when the hotel security comes up. And they're like, you got to leave. This is private property. They say, well, we've got a room here. And so then that kind of flummoxed them for for a little bit, because how do you tell your customers they have to leave you know the area? They weren't inside the room where the convention was going on. They're just out in the hallway, right? So they're trying to get comments from Borla about being you know corrupt scumbag or or whatever it was. And of course, he's not talking. Security's like batting this woman's microphone away, like actually assaulting her, hitting her physically, um, hitting her to try to keep her from pointing her microphone at at uh, at Borla. And so, like, oh, I forgot the reason I was telling you about this this latest story, <laughs> but uh, but you know, it's it's pretty interesting journalism, and they are they are really doing good work over there. They're calculated. They put yeah. themselves where they need to be when they need to be there, and they show up five minutes early. I remember the point. The point was that it was the Republican Governors Association yeah. that this guy was going and talking to. It was mm-hmm. like, so you Republicans, you think. The Republican in office are going to actually do something about Pfizer? It's like zero chance that that's ever going to become a reality. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We got, I think, was it James calling from Florida? Yeah, right here, man. Thank James, you. You're on the air. What's uh, on your you mind? Can you hear me just fine? Yeah, we got you loud oh. and clear. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I just want to ask Vincent, because uh, the thing is, look, uh, first I turn on the show, and then I see him there. I thought it must be a mistake, right? So... So ever since I've been listening to you guys and you brought some great stuff, that's why I didn't call. But when I heard Vincent talking about the show, when you said you asked him to plug the show, right? So he 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 said uh, the show, but he didn't say um, 
on what days of the week and, oh, and good the timing. Point. And, and, and Vincent, listen, I don't want you to get upset, man. I'm a fan, so I'm not saying this is disrespect. No, no, you're just trying to no. help him out. Yeah, it's good information. We probably no, just I got sidetracked. It. We yeah. probably got yeah. sidetracked. So, yeah, the show is uh, – <laughs> Vincent's show is Shire Free Media. What days is it live, Vincent? Oh, I've, I, it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's been a tumultuous time for me, but, um, like the set definite absolute date that it's live is uh, Friday, 8 PM. Oh, so competing on, uh, with us now, huh? I see, I see how it is. Well, I'm a family man now and I can't uh, stay up as late as I used to. You know, I, I, I could only, I have to stop at half a bottle of wine now. Ian, not a bottle. I'm growing old. Right. That's true. Hey, but Vincent, listen, the, the thing is that every time I miss one of your episodes or I catch it late, uh, the episode is not available on, on, on your Odyssey. So I have to, you know, I have to, like, see what happens. But what's going on, bro? Oh, I see. I actually had some, uh, and, and obviously, uh, I'll, I'll be very brief about this. I had some internet problems. For some reason, the Ethernet cord, I oh. couldn't upload anything. I have, like, a 200 MGPS download, but, like, a point three uh upload and so i had to go back to wi-fi and then the wi-fi i had like 190 mgps or whatever upload so that's one reason i've been having um some issues but yeah i mean i've been having you know in all honesty i've been having some creativity um like it's you know i've been having some like you know direction issues i mean it's 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 something not for free talk live to talk about but um, (laughs) i'll tell you you what uh just you know ping me after the show vincent we can go over uh odyssey there may just be a feature you're missing that might make this whole Oh, no, I know how to do it. I, I just haven't been. I've just okay. been so self-conscious oh, okay. about my, my work recently. And oh, I know. To I the know. audience, I'm sorry. but I know how he can um, be on this one, James. He mm-hmm. gets this way. It's like I tried well, to tell him. I tried to tell him years ago, like, quit judging yourself and just put every show you do out and, I wish I and let the, and let yeah, the people the show, decide. Go ahead. Yeah. Just do the show because you're doing great, man. You, you, you're as good as these guys over here. It's pretty good life. So. And that's why I miss the show. you know. And I love your show as much as I love this one. So, you know. Now James got me wanting to listen to Vincent's show. Now I got to go tune in. I mean, that means a lot to me, James. Thank you. He I, does I, a good I, I job. But, but he does a good job. The reason, the thing I'm missing is when you used to do the show on Saturday nights at the studio here. Uh, because I miss it, but I also miss the, the bumper music. Damn, man, I really miss the music. Man. I miss it was good. Oh, you do? <laughs> thank oh, well. you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, James, oh, thank you for the call tonight, man. I appreciate right. the, the kind words. Good night, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the, for the feedback. I miss that caller. He used to call on, on occasion. He's He's always fun. Always fun. Uh, let's go to a different I like call. this James a lot more than the, than the old James, I have to say. I like this James oh, a lot the, more. Oh, the, the crazy James? Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. goodness he doesn't call in. Well, of course, we also banned him from the lines. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> I, I miss those Saturdays, too. Those Saturdays were nice. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, she's having a fight with her, uh, with uh, Richard there. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, you're on the air. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, hey, Sarah. Okay, yes, uh, I have to come here. What are you? Are you having a fight with Richard? What's going on back there? Oh, we're just watching TV. I have to get into another room. So oh, he just he just talks loudly normally. Yeah, he's deaf. Oh, you know? okay, that <laughs> yeah, ex- that explains it. What are you guys watching? What's yeah. on What's on TV tonight? Oh, there was a show about the Hawaii, you know, but the Hawaii about the kayaking or whatever, and oh, okay. So yeah, no, but that's why I was talking about the. Are you trying to get Richard to take you to Hawaii? Like a little vacay? No, no, no. We both been there. Have the Waikiki, so we're talking about Waikiki. That why don't you move there? I hear it's a real communist kind of place. Well, I I don't know. I thought New Mexico was pretty communist. It may be actually. I'm not sure which one's worse. They're both pretty bad. 
or good well, from yeah, your perspective? They, they gave me another $200 in EBT. Well, they, who they does? That, they told me that they're going to cut my EBT, and then they dumped another $220 in me. I don't know what they're doing. You know, but uh, anyway, <laughs> every time they try to cut the EBT, there's people that lobby. We fight back. Yeah, you know, you like got to get that free money. Well, we want that. We want that stuff Stolen that other people money. worked for. We don't want well, stuff that I mean, we worked for. We want stuff that other people worked for. You don't know what working means. Well, I mean, in the free bus, we're fighting to keep the free bus bill with no no ID too. We'll we'll push back. We're not going to get rolled over because it, it just penalizes the people that don't have money. That twenty dollars is a big deal for people that get their rent is six fifty for studio. We got nothing afterwards. Well, why would they rent it for Section Eight? Why not just do Section Eight? Why do you have to bother with that rent stuff? Oh, the Section Eight, they put you through the winger. You have to apply and wait for another year, and then they... That's almost like a job, uh, applying, and then... <laughs> well, but then you stay in a shelter for a year until you get the thing, right? you got to be a ghetto capitalist, okay? It's not just enough to take, like, TBT and stuff. you got to be a ghetto capitalist, okay? You have to, you know... There's a way to game all of this, right? And if you record it, then you could be a regular capitalist and, you know, sell... You know, start a grift and, you know, teach people how to, you know, be a ghetto capitalist and live on, you know, disability and live on all of his stuff. And then, you know, you won't have to. Well, actually, no, you'd make so much money teaching people that then you'd have to get off it. So now I guess there's real no point. And it requires drive too. that someone, you know, drive it that, you know, would have you you would have gotten for like an actual job right instead. But, you know, for anyone else listening, yeah, ghetto capitalism all the way. What, Sarah? I canceled. I'm still a customer. Of the the network marketing, but Richard he canceled out because it, oh, it was just too much pressure. Too much pressure, yeah, huh? He was trying to market, you know what I mean, and then uh, he just got really frustrated. But so he I'm didn't get. Did he ever that. have any downline? Did he ever get any uh, people as uh, as marketers underneath him? Well, he had customers. That no, that's not what I'm asking. What, uh, what's the difference? No, he signed up people. But yeah, but I, they I weren't working they, the business, right? They were just buying the product. Yeah, there was, he just had customers like yeah. myself, and they weren't expanding. Yeah. So, so then, he quit. And then they all dropped out. So oh. He kind of got bummed out. Now, why did they drop out? Was the product too expensive? Didn't do what it promised? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it was like um, somebody that he enrolled, and it was their friends. And when he, when, when he canceled out, all of their friends canceled out. So we would never know what the problem was. But that was one of our lines that was. So y'all didn't get any fe- y'all didn't get any feedback from the customers as to why they were quitting. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They just kind of yeah. That, that's why you didn't get any feedback. No, mm. right. Mm. So what do you think about it? You say you know you're you're still buying the product. You still think it's the best stuff ever, or are you starting to have your doubts? No, I'm I, I'm a customer, and I'm really happy being a customer. So mm. I. I have but to those other people weren't. That's going to get put under me to get like seven percent free. Oh wait, so you're turning into a you're turning it into a business, is what you're saying? No, I, the thing is that I have thirty slots where mm-hmm. I could just get free product dollars, not money, because I don't want to earn money because it'll it'll jack up my it'll affect the SSI and stuff that'll, that'll like that. ruin your so welfare. I oh, I see. Okay, ghetto yeah. capitalism. Okay. <laughs> well, they, they you. They're like, if you're doing so well, if you're working, making money, well, why don't you get off Social Security and get to get a job? You know, they always jack you up. So we we always know that we can't work too much 
stay woke. You, if you make like one dollar, she knows. She knows make, every yeah, in and out of this system. She's got to be very careful. I would love to just cancel that system. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Wow, amazing. By the way, for listeners, if you you don't know, uh, oh. Vincent. Uh, Sarah has gotten out of the uh, homeless shelter. She's now in a uh, trailer, or she was in a trailer park, and then I, her her boyfriend slash co co roommate or whatever uh, got a townhouse. So she's been moving up in the the last several years, and uh, and I guess he was working for a network marketing company, but apparently he just quit. Is this so. uh, network? Mar- are we talking about MLM yes. stuff here? Oh, okay. Yeah. Network marketing. Yeah, we were trying to praise her for like being into uh, turning into a capitalist slowly but surely. But as it sounds, as it seems, she's not willing to actually make any money at this. She just wants the free product. Let's go to your phone calls here. We got another caller on. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, this is CWKTOX. CW, what's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say I had to work seven years to be able to take a year off finally. I wow. saved up enough out of seven years. I'm finally taking at least, well, I'm on month four now. I don't I don't want to go the whole year yet, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I feel like I'd run out of things to do. Like if I didn't have, nothing, go ahead. Oh, I have nothing free. I don't get food stamps. I don't get any assistance. Nice. All I do is live, I live with my mother and people bash me because I'm a 37-year-old man that lives with my mother still and she cooks my food. Who cares, bro? I can take a, a year off if I want and not have to beg anybody for anything. I mean, does your mom hate you? Kind of. But- <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I was going to go to bat for you there because, you know, I, I'm 47 and I love my mom. I would move back in with my mom. In fact, I every once not. in a while, I, I what's that? I wouldn't li- uh, live with my mom. My mom's awesome and she's probably my very best friend in the world. Mm. I love my mom. We have a, an awesome relationship. We can be under the same roof with each other indefinitely and never even get bristly with each other. And I would totally That's move great. back in with my mom. But? I She lives in New York. and <laughs> There ain't no way I'm living in that hellhole. You don't go from New Hampshire. To, you don't go from the very best no, to the very worst. The worst. No. Yeah. I left my that place on purpose. So what else, CW? Oh, that was about it. I just wanted to bash on some people that get free crap all the time. And I'm in Arizona, so we still have our gun rights. So Right. Very good. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Hey, look, you know, it's certainly something you're going to see more of, especially as the economy gets worse. I mean, it's something that a lot of people have been poking fun of uh, for people for years, for living with their parents until they're in their 30s and their 40s. And the, the reality is, as it gets tougher out there, it's just going to be something people are going to have to swallow their pride and... Hey, if you can't pay the mortgage, you can't pay the rent, then you got to move back in with people. Whether it's your your family or roommates or whatever, you got to be able to make you got to be able to make ends meet. I mean, I I don't blame somebody for it personally. It's not for me. It's not something I would want to do. But if you're in that circumstance and you got to do it, hey, you got to do what you got to mm-hmm. do. Um, although, dude, at some point, obviously, your mom's not going to be there anymore, right? Right. So you, you better prepare for that. Yeah, got you know, you got to prepare to eject at some point. Yeah. Well, and this whole thing of like moving across a country or move, moving entirely elsewhere when you're um, when you come of age is also like relatively new and American. It is, yeah, um, for hundreds of years and in currently in other countries. I mean, maybe they wouldn't all live together in in the same exact like room or house, you know, because that's how murders happen. But um, 
they, uh, you know, I mean, you, you would still have your, your, you would, you know, the, the uh, grandparents would take care of the children and then, you know, the, the, the uh, or grandchildren and the children would work and then they'd take care of the parents. So you don't have to waste money on daycare or end of life care for, you know, for, for your, um, retirement homes. Sure. So it's actually rather normal and, and very, it, it makes sense for, for saving money too. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but no. yeah, it's like if you're just playing video games and, you know, doing whatever, you're like wasting away in your parents' basement, then yeah, that, that is a problem. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, and it really is more of a testament to the prosperity of the uh, of, of the American experiment, right? Because one of the reasons why people stay home in these other cultures, beyond the fact that it's sort of a culturally okay thing to do, is it's also a sensible thing to do from a financial perspective. We've been so successful over the last couple hundred years in the United States is we've been able to afford to spread our wings and, and move out sooner rather than later, and that in a recession is going to be harder to do. Uh, so, Vincent, you wanted to talk about yeah. Yes, yes. The artist formerly known as Kanye West, now known as I'm just going to call him Kanye. Sorry, no, no, I'm just going to call him Kanye. I'm not, I'm not messing around with that stuff. All right, well, that's what you he know, wanted to be called. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, it just he's been so pretentious about it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, Ye is like close to, I mean, it's just to feed his ego because Ye is close to Yah, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, one of the you know, na- names for God. He calls himself, what was it, God's the most high, yet I'm a close high in his lyrics. So it's, I mean, this whole thing is just a man. Uh, just, just to expand his ego. Doesn't he also call himself Jesus or something like that? <laughs> he, I, I haven't heard him call himself that recently, but yeah, ye, I remember Jesus was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so what's going on with him? He disappeared for a little while after making appearances on the Alex Jones show while wearing a full black balaclava face, not even a balaclava, yeah, like mask. full mask and goggles or whatever. Like you couldn't even see his face. And then talking about like Hitler uh, was a good guy kind of thing on the uh, on he made Alex Jones uncomfortable like Alex Jones, who's normally not at a loss for words, had a tough time <laughs> handling funny. this guest. That's funny. Uh, Kanye West. So that's the last time I saw him sort of on the in the public sphere was he was making oh yeah, Tim Pool. He also appeared there and then walked off the set after yeah. 15 minutes. Was it that long? Yeah, it didn't take that long. It, it was it was criminally short, uh, in in my view. Um, yeah, or it, it was he planned or childishly it. short. He, yeah. he planned it. He he telegraphed early in the interview that he he was going to leave. It's I, I believe he said something early on that made it sound like he was already plotting and or considering leaving. So I think that I think they went there with the intention of stirring up controversy by walking off Tim Pool. I think that was planned. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially back then, that's when Milo was associated with it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh wait, he's there, not I mean, anymore. Is Milo gone? No. No, Milo. Uh, Milo parted ways, and after billing Kanye like a hundred thousand um, <laughs> dollars, I, I, and so we're actually here. Uh, we're going to get into um, some of the, the filing. Um, so filing, it's, it's not, yeah, it's some of the filing. So there's actually some official paperwork here. Oh, okay. Uh, because so so Kanye West disappeared. Um, his he's like losing properties. He's getting right. Lost um, his bank accounts. In, yeah, he's yeah. probably in trouble with the IRS, very possibly. Um, and he disappears, marries a woman, a, a Jewish woman, um, who looks who looks like his wife, his ex wife, but twenty years and, younger, right? Yeah, 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 and so and probably a lot less, like you know, fifty thousand dollars less uh, plastic surgery, and um, he he sort of disappeared. And so recently, he was found by his lawyers or his former lawyers who want to tell him that. 
Um, they're not going to be representing him anymore. Hmm. He took a woman's phone, who like a paparazzi's phone, who is videotaping him, and he he, he uh, took the phone, just grabbed it, and then threw it, and then ran away. Right, very presidential behavior. Um, <laughs> and so on. Uh, this let's see here. This article is January thirty first. Okay, so it's um, a little old, but it's still an update. In a filing submitted Monday, this is from People dot com. Following submitted Monday, surfaced by the Daily Beast, Kanye 2020, the current name of West's political action committee, so he actually does have a political action committee, reported spending $142,000 in expenses for the last three months of 2020, but not bringing in any donations, uh, sorry, 2022, to 2022, but not bringing in any donations that year. Yeah, but he doesn't really need it. Uh, right. Well, I, I don't know about that. If all this money he's been losing and hemorrhaging. Um, yeah, but, but he was uh, a billionaire, right? Like Kanye was. West was doing very very well for he's, himself. He's probably not going to miss a meal. Yeah. No, no, but he also is a fool and it turns out he didn't even um he he didn't even manage his own money. Like he he made a comment during an interview that he had to figure out how Apple Pay works and that, like Jeez. he doesn't carry a wallet. Um so he might have like a lot of money, but I think like accessing it would be an issue mm-hmm. and especially if all the IRS stuff. And so yeah, yeah, like yeah a, but to be fair. He's kind of like he, a child basically. He's got people who uh who take care of him. Yeah, he's like so wealthy. I'd compare it more to because a child is innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, com- I'd compare it to like a Chinese royalty, you know, where they like break for feet, you know, they bind for feet and they're carried around, <laughs> you know, and it's it's like it's to show how powerful they are, but it's also a way to control them. Well, so, I think I think uh, just Kanye's like Jack- kind of aspy too. He oh, seems yeah. he seems pretty aspy. Really? Oh, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, like the, the gimp mask he wore. I highly suspect <laughs> it was because of the studio lights. He didn't like the studio lights in his eyes, really? and um, and a lot he's of been people- on a stage before. I mean, he's got to be used to that. Yeah, actually, no, that, that makes yeah. sense. I don't know why he wore the gimp mask, man. Probably because he it's he to stir up to. controversy. He's just he, he thrives on being weird, right? Like getting people to talk about. Oh, Kanye wouldn't show his face. Blah blah blah. So you're saying no donations in an entire year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's even worse because so back when he was a beloved billionaire uh, artist, when he ran in 2020, he got 60,000 votes yeah. in a dozen states. Just imagine how few, how much fewer votes he's going to get now. But he's gone on uh, national media saying how much he loves Hitler um, and, and just made him cry <laughs> out of himself. It's, I mean, it's going to be even even worse than now. I mean, these people who are yay 2024, I feel bad for them. They're totally deluded. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Vincent, thanks for uh, for dropping in with us here tonight. Shire Free Media. Check him out. It's ShireFreeMedia.com. Get those archives up, man. Spend, spend half an hour tonight. Go back in the Odyssey archives and get them up there. I will. Thank you. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.